Are we done? Oh, we haven't started. You are listening to CIA, Cinematically Informed Americans, on Lucid Geek Speak. Where's the off? Where's the off button? Welcome to this week's episode of CIA, Cinematically Informed Americans. My name is Sean. My hosts are Fred, Jordan, Andy. And I don't think there's really anything we need to take care of from last week. Everything went fine. It didn't. We didn't lose it. Did not lose it. Not like the best episode we ever did. It was the best episode. Yeah. Or but, working uh, on recovering the best episode yeah. ever. It's probably <laughs> it's probably lost. But who knows? And it, it was funny that it happened to be about canceled TV shows. It's pretty ironic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's really anything. I would like to warn thing. anybody that hasn't watched your recommendation from last week's oh. Primer. Yeah, I thought about putting that in the blog notes. Be like, mm, I recommended this. The quality of the movie is pretty bad, but once you, I mean, like I said, I would be way more interested in watching a documentary about that guy and why and how he made it and that effect. Because man, it's all a bunch of engineers and they are really dry and really hard. See, yeah, I think what I when I think back to that movie because I watched it probably about seven years ago now, and uh, when I think back to it, I think of the interesting beginning, the premise of it, and I think of the article I read about. The guy who came up with the story, how he's an engineer and stuff. And the, the lingering thing that left over was like, the movie was really complicated in its uh, explanation for the time travel. I kind of felt like they were doing something right, but that maybe I missed something. And so that was just the feeling I had lingering from seven years ago. So I honestly haven't seen it. But uh, the, the consensus of uh, Andy, it was no. out, of, out of ten stars, you would say. I would say it was two. Two? Two okay. stars out of ten. Fred, you think about two? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty generous <laughs> with the two. Yeah. No, like there was just the parts <laughs> where they were talking, They uh, their dialogue, they were just trying to talk over each other mm. with other with other things that can be done well, but not so much when they all just sound so monotonous. And they just didn't have the, the acting chops to pull it off. Yes. Gotcha. And I get that he made the movie himself, and it's pretty obvious. But I, it was the idea behind it, like you said, was pretty cool. The initial idea, because he is a, an engineer of some type, he had yeah. some pretty decent ideas. But like all time travel movies, like I said, it kind of devolved into this thing of his ideas of how it would the be, problems. things that would be affected, and what would be involved. Were kind of it got like everything else, just like what you know after a while, <laughs> yeah. you know. But the basic premise of it was yeah, way more thought out than most. Where there's like we built a time machine. Oh, you know, I don't no, know if I told you guys. Um, I did put a. I know Fred, you saw it at least. I did put a uh, poll on the page about best movie that handled time travel. I picked Planet of the Apes because it was the only one with the suspended animation, which I thought we decided that oh, was really the I only put, legitimate, you know. I put an option on there to add, so anyone could add other things on there. Yeah, I there was already so many. Out. I didn't want to, you know, give people too many options. Yeah, there's, there's like, like 15. Like, and what were the choices you had on there? The choices I had, I had Source Code. That was the one I voted for. It was Idiocracy. And not 12 Monkeys. I did like it was the best time travel movie of all time. Yeah, 12 Monkeys is a really good one. It's the best one with one timeline. That's all I guess. I Which is hard to say because most of the one timeline ones are just, ones they get into just, all kinds of trouble with just the paradox. Fit, yeah, that they, so they dodged the paradox and the fact that he doesn't do anything to stop. You know, it just... It, worked in a very weird good way it's a great movie but well, just once I would like to see them do a time travel movie where what happens is when they go back immediately they're creating a divergent timeline yes so now it's now how do I get back to and which one do I want to go back to do I want to go back to where I came from or do I and try I, to get into this new split you know and I will kind of say this I really trying to avoid giving anything away but there's some bits something along those lines maybe going on in source code also Days of Future Watch Past is going to be like <laughs> yeah, if, they're, if they're doing 
do it at the way. And also, did. Star Trek did do that. The way you just explained, oh, Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, they did, and that's why I love that movie so much. <laughs> but the uh, that they also, really did that right. They really oh, did it right. They, tell me that sequel is going to be just as good. I have a feeling. I'm excited. And I'm with you, Sean. Earlier today, you mentioned maybe you sent me an email. Maybe you said something to me about uh, how maybe GI Joe Retaliation isn't going to be so terrible. Oh, and I, I actually I had that in, in my notes ten minutes ago when I just left. You know, before we started this, I happened to catch at the tavern, the tavern. A, a new trailer for it, and I was like, "It kind of wow. like yeah. you know, because the last one mostly sucked a lot of dick, so <laughs> it wasn't that bad." That's being generous. <laughs> hey, Rodham was cool. Huh? The Thirty Rock Kid, Gordon. Yeah, Gordon Joseph Gordon-Levitt was pretty. Why can I the only ninja, remember ninja Gordon, stuff that guy's name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, it was, it was Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> Third Rock, Thirty Rock. I'm sorry, I know he's not in that show. Yeah, it must be the early <laughs> onset <laughs> Alzheimer's. You have to the laughing. <laughs> at least Sean's laughing at it. <laughs> I'm laughing because it has to stay in there. It's like, no, that wasn't. Right, yeah, that, that's one thing I don't know if anybody's noticed, but anytime somebody says, we'll just edit that out, or Andy makes suggestions on creative editing, I'm like, that's definitely staying in. As soon as somebody says it's got to get cut, I'm like, we'll like, oh, see what the entertainment value is upon the process. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, I have that in my news thing, I believe. That must have been where you saw it. Oh, what a saw. convenient segue for so, you. To the yeah, news. we might as well just kick off with that. G.I. Joe Retaliation might not suck. It did get, it's about 63% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. And that's, and, weird. Uh, you said that's, and that's pretty fresh. good. That means it's fresh. And, you know, you have, when you think about how many critics out there, that there are out there, and how many just don't like action movies or really, <coughs> You know, if an action movie like that gets in the fresh range, that's that's a good sign. So, how long has it been out now? I I don't think it comes out till Ooh, Friday. Just people that have seen so there probably only been about maybe 50, 60 reviews or something. Okay. So we'll get a better idea once we have up to like you know. And those are people that are paid to bitch about movies. That's, that's, <laughs> this is a problem that I have, and being a movie centric you know podcast, we can talk about this. But I I feel like there aren't enough people that actually review movies you know I, mean? I don't know if that makes sense but i i would rather just hear people say hey this is a kid's movie you you know you don't go into this expecting that the guy's gonna get an oscar it doesn't matter that anthony hopkins is in it i mean you know what i mean like instead of just being like this was wrong with it this was wrong with it this sucked and obviously there are some movies like that last airbender where everybody <laughs> can pretty much just jump on that bashing bandwagon but i feel like it's better to just tell people about most movies have some redeeming, you know, not everybody's going to like it, and they usually will appeal to some type of demographic. You know, somewhere, there's a group of people who are like, I really like The Last what? Airbender. I like how there was no Asians in it. They were all fanning <laughs> like me or whatever, you know. Well, I think that's what's, one thing that is good about Rotten Tomatoes is that, for one, it's not just one critic. I mean, you got a whole bunch of critics, and then there's the critic review and the user review. So, there are a lot of movies out there who have like an 80, like I, I want to say... Yeah, but it's uh, much more impressive after a movie's been out for a while to have a huge Rotten Tomatoes, so people, anybody can go out there and vote in it or whatever. Yeah, for the users. Yeah. Um, what was a, a good example would be um, The Boondock Saints. I want to say it had a relatively low rating from critics when it first came out, but man, of course, everyone else saw what was really good in it. And well, but nobody saw it. It didn't come out. The first Boondock Saints? Yeah. You know, you know the story behind that? It didn't get a... The day before that movie was supposed to be released, Columbine happened, where these kids in black trench coats uh, with stack full of guns were walking up, and they yanked it. That's why that Troy Duffy was such a sour guy about the whole thing, because basically the studio was like, fuck, we're not... That's why that movie, nobody even knew what the hell or whatever, and it had maybe it had a limited release after that, later, but... 
all this any any kind of momentum it had built up, even though it was a small independent movie, was just crushed because they didn't hit the original release date. Obviously, the studio was starting to lose, whatever. So, and then that second movie he did all himself, basically just through all the popularity of the DVD yeah. sales and what how that movie has become now a cult classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean that that's probably one of the most quoted things by people around your guys' generation. I'd say because it's one of those when it came out and yeah. when you know and even for me, I mean I was in my what thirties or whatever when that first movie came out, but it was still just awesome. I mean. Yeah. Was a firefight. <laughs> yeah, okay, you would pick out the cheesiest part. Well, of that that was, was so awesome because it was so geez. over the top. But man, yeah. he, he was perfect. Perfect, perfect for yeah. his character. Yeah, yeah. You know, it starts out with him with the dancing, with the rubber gloves, and the and the alley with the uh, classical music, yeah. and and he's making little jokes about hey, Stephanopoulos, like all the the stuff with him. Being, and then he's like, you know, he's that one guy is talking. He's like, you yeah, he's like, the like it was just man. such a crazy thing. He's like this. <laughs> I don't know. It was good. It was good. I can't see anybody from the gay community being like, oh, they portrayed, I mean, (laughs) maybe the Asian community, like, oh, our gays aren't all like that. You know, the one guy. (laughs) But he did a great job. I thought Defoe was good in that. Billy Connolly really was, that was awesome. Though he had such a small part in the first one. Oh, I don't know about that. It was a pretty big deal. It was just, I mean, his character was built up, and his character was almost like a legend. You know, and then well, we'll finally see him at the very end. And what's and the one like, thing that oh, most people quote from that movie, right? Here. Where are you going? No way. That guy, his name is Bob Marley, and he's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> and when he finally gets it right, he's like, what if it's one guy, six guns? They're like, Marley, when I want an opinion out of you, I'll read Cosmo or whatever he says to him. You know, some kind of offhand thing, and he makes him go get him a bagel or whatever. <laughs> Good movie, though. Yeah, it was. So but, uh, I didn't mean to get up on that. Yeah, I'm just kinda, surprised you didn't know about the whole Columbine yeah, release. I didn't know that, and that's probably that probably also had an effect on the critics' reviews. Because who yeah. wants to be like, it was fucking awesome, and everyone's like, dude, hello, like kids died. And obviously, it's nothing <laughs> like it's nothing like you that. Know, but just the fact that they wore black pea coats. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was just, it's like one of those knee-jerk things, you oh, know. Yeah. My brother used to wear a trench coat at the time. Oh, I wore a black trench coat. Yeah. I still wear a black pea coat. I mean, come on. Oh, man. I'll tell you the story real quick. He, uh, someone had made a joke to him, like, right after this happened, like, a few days, and they're like, like, so, Ryan, you got a bomb in your locker or something? Or, no, he's like, so you got some guns? He's like, he's like, no, yeah, I got a bomb in my locker. Said oh, like geez. a joke. Some girl overheard him. Some girl whose parents Jesus. obviously don't practice the religion of sarcasm. Like, oh, no. That's the girl that sees me on an airplane and starts freaking out because she thinks I'm a terrorist. <laughs> There's a half Korean guy dressed like a hippie. <laughs> they, uh, she reported the principal. Task force comes in. Oh, I'm his locker and everything. And they're like, kid, you need to take this bologna sandwich home. Like, there's he, nothing, obviously. And there's locker. nothing there. And but So even though you would think that would you know, be the proof, that, you know, he's not in the wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He got suspended for, like, two weeks. Jesus, it's not like it was an air... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Right. Like, it's a school. It's like, I mean, not like, like, I don't think we should have safe kids. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that just is so crazy because they, they can't just... It's like they have to go through this protocol that's handed down, even though, obviously, it's like a case-by-case case basis. and you, It's so obvious that they know... Like, he should have been vindicated. The moment they looked at his locker, there was no bond. They're like, okay, he said he was joking. The other guy knew the tone of his yeah. voice. This girl just, you know, and it should have ended that. She's a crazy like, bitch. <laughs> weeks suspended. Like, well, who knew? Her dad could have like, been on the school board. Like, God only knows who this right, girl it was. was. Almost a change. actually have a pep rally like, calling her a stupid he expulsion. He barely dies. Like, <laughs> Wow. Crazy. So, But didn't you know. guys have, like, metal detectors and guards at your school or anything? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, sorry. I guess that's just a myth about 
people from your town are like, we're so tough. <laughs> Apparently the town's gotten much worse. <laughs> I have Apparently, heard this yeah. in recent years. <laughs> have you even been out of high school five years? Yeah, I'm almost, it's almost, it'll be ten next year. I know, I feel, I feel old. So I'm thinking yeah. about what you want to be when you grow up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Andy looks up like, are you guys talking about plants for the future? <laughs> I want to be a musketeer. Not a musketeer, Fred. Well, it's a better future in a musketeer instead of a musketeer, unless you turn out well, like uh, Timberlake. Like, why did they name guys whose primary weapon is a sword after a blunderbuss? Like the musket? Yeah, musket. Musketeer? Well, I'm probably not clear on the origin of that word, apparently. The etymology or whatever it is. Musket probably means, you know, badass in French or something. <laughs> French is one of those, I don't speak any of that way. Yeah, no. Um, one little thing and it's not appropriate for any. Je voudrais un dog means I would like a hot dog. <laughs> and that's about all I know. <laughs> How accurate do you think that little accent well, was? You just did? That'd be so handy when you're in a gay bar in France. We'll be good. <laughs> won't need to be at a gay bar because you'll be with me, Sean. We're not going to go out together. <laughs> Where else would you get a map of all the Parisian gay bars and let's show them with you? It's an excellent point. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Let's see, back to the news. Tangents out the ass. GSP, the famed UFC fighter who has uh, had the most title defenses for welterweight in UFC history, of any champion, still the champ. And he is also going to be playing Backdrop the Leaper. Speaking of Backdrop, French people. Hey, French people. Man, hey I'm trying to help you with transitions so all day, well. John. That's what I'm mean, like, you know. My goal. We'll talk over people and help Sean with the transition. <laughs> but, uh. Backdrop the Leaper. Do you guys know who this is? I do because I watch Ultimate Spider Man. Right. And it, it, it was almost like almost a joke at one point when he was first introduced because he was kind of in that time when. Uh, and I can't remember what. Maybe he was. Maybe he was a Captain America villain originally because he did a lot of international whatever. But Backdrop now is more of a badass. A little bit more of like a. You know. Assassin, hired thug, thief, cow guy. He's like a French acrobat, right? Kick, kickboxer. <laughs> kickboxer. Kickboxer with extreme, you know, no superpowers, but really leg-oriented. The Maybe, I don't know, who knows what they're going to do with the fighting style. Thank yeah. God, you know. I just think it's cool that GSP's doing it, because I think those MMA guys and that, they're perfect for comic book villains. Right. Well, I mean, because ideally you don't want the over-the-top, you know, like you said, the thing that I'm that we're all a little bit hesitant about with Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin is it's going to be a little bit too much me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and not enough of just uh, Batista, Batista as Drax. If you read any of the Drax, and I even was a little behind on the Drax because I, you know, I'm old, and I, I, it's hard for me to keep up with everything all the time. And that's something that I, but I saw some updated images of Drax, and actually there's one for the blog for last week that I, I, I yeah. sent you, where he's just looks totally different. But before he was like a green skinned guy with purple like cape and collar, and was, yeah. you know, the kind of thing like Drax wouldn't hesitate to have a fist fight with Thanos. I mean, Drax, and Thanos is kind of a badass. So, yeah. Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> And I think Batista's gonna look great as long as they do it right. Conan. <laughs> yeah, with like crazy power, ridiculous yeah. power, yeah. yeah. I'm excited. But I think for GSP it. as Batrock, because I mean, granted he's French Canadian, but that's if you've ever been to Quebec, yeah. it's the same thing, man. 
It's just like they're convinced that they're, you know, they're part of France. Yeah. Even though the Queen of England is on their money. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to explain Canada to me someday. My whole introduction <laughs> to Canadian politics was Alpha Flight. The common book about the Canadian superhero. Yeah. That's how I knew about the Prime Minister at the time in the 80s, you know, and uh, just the way that that whole government worked. Was it? John Byrne taught it to me through Alpha Flight and X-Men comics. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it was uh, just... But I think he's going to be great. I mean, as long as... Because I have no doubt that they're going to do Batroc really cool. It's not He's not going to be in an orange and purple costume jumping around like Toad in the X-Men. You know what I mean? He's going to be a badass. Obviously, he's a real-life badass. Yeah. I, uh, I recently, when Marvel did this thing, they gave away all these free first issues of comics. I got a couple of the ones they had for... Guardians of the Galaxy, so I don't know. Can I think get those, huh? I think they ended the thing, but I have, I'll have them on my tablet and stuff. But nice on the computer, but um, but yeah, I'm gonna read a little bit more about. I don't really know a whole lot about the character right now. I don't think Andy or Jordan. I don't think either of you guys really know much about Guardians of the Galaxy either. I think we're all kind of in the dark, so it's more of kind of Guardians of the Galaxy is basically like a futuristic. I don't know if you call them superheroes, but like an adventurer police force type thing. Are they in the future? That was inspired or by. Myths of the Avengers. Wow. And the one guy at one point, Vance Astro, is sporting Captain America's shield, which has survived through the centuries because of its adamantium vibranium alloy. Yeah. So it does take place in the future, far future, and they're trying to, like. Well, originally, they come back and. I mean, you know. It's not like the Legion of Superheroes, where it's all based on time travel, which all it all takes place in the 30th century or whatever and all that. It's not like that, but it's de- there's definitely uh, some weird... And like I said, I'm a little... Sh- I mean, I just know who they are, like the basic roster and kind of what they did. I'm excited about... There was, you know, one of the blogs where we talked about stuff, I had made a bunch of notes for you, and I've never said that you ended up doing it beforehand, but Adam Sandler is Rocket Raccoon. If you just... <laughs> if you guys could read a couple pages of Rocket Raccoon, I mean, you could see he's a sentient talking raccoon that's like two and a half, three feet tall... About three feet tall, I guess, maybe three and a half. They'll probably make him, you know, yeah. a hobbit size. But not, you know, short, you know, yeah. smart-ass, crazy, gunslinger, space ranger, raccoon guy. I, it's going to be so awesome, like a weird space opera. I'm, I'm excited for it. It's just, they don't oh, do I a lot of movies phenomenal. like that anymore. Like big space opera stuff. Like Green Lantern had some of that. But probably it could have been if they didn't decide to put all that shit in. Like, yeah, they, they should have had Like more. Parallax. That was something that explained away a stupid decision that writers made in the, whatever it was, early 80s when they decided to kill Hal Jordan and make him evil and all this other bullshit. Like, <laughs> Parallax was just a way to explain away all that away and bring him back because they knew they were like, Jesus. It doesn't matter who you put in the costume. Like, people want that. They want that archetype and they want that original character. That Barry Allen finally, after years and years, came back. I don't know if he's still around. They the probably Flash. just threw him away again. But <laughs> yeah, now, he, not he may not. He wasn't the first Flash. Jay Garrick. Was yeah. the first Flash, which has always been one of my visually one of my favorite characters. Worth like the Helmet of Mercury yeah. kind of thing. And, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, but whatever, I don't know. Of course, I'm trying to steer everything toward comic books. Well, I wouldn't to say with that. Uh, I'm going to bring it to. This will help me transition to one of the other things I want to talk about. Uh, Ryan Reynolds said that he was not necessarily interested in reprising his role. As Green Lantern, unless uh, Joss Whedon or I think he said Nolan or Abrams does. The it's got to be movie. someone big, and yeah. Nolan supposedly is in charge of the uh, Justice League thing. So I mean, that's who they want to be in, want to be in charge of it. So mm-hmm. that I mean, I don't scares think, me. With, the only reason I th- I'm not scared, like I said before, is because I don't think it's ever going to get made. Yeah. Nolan and 
the things they did with Batman and the fact that, you know, and I don't mean to keep harping on this, but one of the points you brought up then when we were talking about this is like Batman realized he couldn't fight crime on a street level and do this. That's part of the Batman thing though. Because you never know when Batman's going to drop out and kick your ass for being bad. Yeah. So he does that on a regular basis all over the place. It's not like he only works one block and, and now that's crime free. He's all over the place as much as he can be because he wants, it's like a superstition. Yeah. And that's the way he works best, not in the daytime. Blah, blah, blah. And the fact that Nolan missed those kind of key things, and like you said though, I think a lot of those guys tried to put everything in three movies and get all those high points for the whole character. But when you're talking about 60 years of stuff, you have to pick and choose. Are those high points really high points, or are they just storylines that were really cool? Like, you know, and after things have been rebooted so many times, those all become, some of that stuff is just not even relevant. You know, and, and not it's not really canon at, at some point because of how many times reality's changed and all these things. Like, So if he goes to completely away from the old Batman and introduces a whole new kind of thing, that'd be great. He obviously can't do the same character. If he does, it would be the Robin guy. It would be a whole different kind of Batman. I, I think they could explain it to where it could still be Patrick Bateman. I'm just going to keep calling Patrick a payment. But Christian Bale I like that one. Because <laughs> obviously, if anybody's been listening to these podcasts, yeah. you know that I have a problem. When I can't recall a name right off the top of my head, I immediately go for the, the, the role I associate <laughs> them with. The fat guy in that one movie. Or whatever. Christian Bale... I think they could have it with him if they just... All they got to do is maybe have the other well, guy... and this now... ...not work out with him, or maybe push him more as a side, or... Now that you're shoving Nolan on me, I'm actually thinking <laughs> that, in the terms of your Batman, he knew he'd do this and this, and he did what he could for Gotham, and he had to retire this, but he knew that there was still need for Batman, but it couldn't be him anymore. But, in the case of some kind of thing where the planet is in danger, and this and that, and who better to get resources and tactical things from than somebody that got, you know, traffic and a chick to kill his two main villains in his last movie. He never knew dick. I gotta run the autopilot long enough to eject where nobody on screen can see me. I think it'd be kind of interesting, like, if they... You know, after so many years, too, if they did another Batman movie and it was Nolan, or they work it in Justice League, I mean, I don't know. They could find a way. I think a good next Batman movie would be like Joker getting out, killing the Robin Blake guy, and then... Bale having to come back to fight his whole... That could work as a maybe a good movie, but I don't know. I think I that know. whole thing should just drop. <clears throat> I know you want it to, but who knows. I was going to say with that... Like I said, if that movie would have ended with Catwoman opening her newspaper as Bruce is like giving his little snarky smile over his shoulder to Alfred like, told you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> if that's happening, a Joker called card falls out of her newspaper she's and she's like... <laughs> face stretches into the grin and she keels over and so does everybody around him. And it stops. Or maybe you just hear. I, I swear, people would stand be like, "What the fuck?" No, and then you hear. I you know. Know, or you know, you hear that laugh, and then it's over. I just feel like that would have gone. Like that's crazy. The know. shit that went down in that movie. <laughs> fuck me. Real time. Uh, let me take it back. Real that's quick way less Ryan. believable than the guardless <laughs> prison that nobody. Has to Let do me, anything to get thrown in. It's just arbitrary. Let me bring him oh, you're late with your DVDs. I'm gonna kick you in this hole. Climb out. You can free everybody. It's a fun game. Ryan Reynolds. We get great TV reception. 
<laughs> Ryan Reynolds is Green Lantern. I feel like he was not the thing that was wrong with that movie. No. So I'm not necessarily opposed to him coming back. How do you feel, Andy? I didn't watch it just because it looked it looked bad. You didn't watch it? It's not. It's not a terrible it movie. Bad. It's no. not. It's not a bad. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I, it's I, such I, a hard I, thing. I, no, no, I'm not saying it's better. It's bad. Bad. I'm not saying it looked bad. Because, okay, well that's good. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's bad because Ryan Reynolds is in it. Yeah, I'm just saying it. It just everything about it. Hey, how, it's a lot like the Ang Lee Hulk movie. I could personally I edit that. I could edit that movie down to twenty-five or thirty minutes of shit that we would all love to sit through and be yeah. like, "Fuck yeah, the Hulk!" But no, good God, Hulk. dude, the game I radiated poodle. And I, no, I like that whole thing. I, I, I'm like, with you. I like you. I'll give you the poodle thing, but other than that, Nick Nolan's in it. No, I like the co- like the comic book frame, like. You know, like way like the Nick Nolte. That was the part. I, that was one of the parts I didn't like when they started doing that. Well, also, it went into like comic. When they did the comic book things, I didn't like. I did that. That, that was fine. <laughs> it was fine if they did that for like transitions or to show things going on at the same time and then go to one scene. But from like explosions, where the whole thing. With, and again, again, here's the thing. Like that whole thing with Bruce Banner's father <laughs> and all that stuff. That was a, that was all stuff that was introduced way like. 40 years after the character was created, they're like, Well, why is Bruce Banner such an angry man? Obviously, his father had angry issues and was abusive. So that whole thing with the, the and the fact that they put that in there, again, they're taking things from all these years and years of stories and being like, this is what we want to set, you know. If they had done that with Iron Man, nobody would watch it. He's an alcoholic and prick, you know, weapons manufacturer. Nobody would have liked that movie. What? Those things are pretty accurate. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw Jordan also thinking the same thing. He's like, he is kind of an alcoholic prick. I mean, <laughs> but, 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 no, I mean, you know what I'm saying. To, to, to <laughs> clip on that one storyline, which was awesome, and about how, you know, this is a guy who's always had everything given to him, other than the fact that he's about to, you know, for, well, I don't know, he's still like that in continuity, but for the longest time he was about to die because the shrapnel was so close to his heart, he had this weird electromagnet, which, you know, well, whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everybody's seen the movie and read yeah. the books. But. Did they do that in Iron Man 2? Did they deal with his... I don't know, but can you yeah, guys... Yeah, 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 trying to stop me from continually was... turning it into a comic book discussion. <laughs> well, I'm no, sorry, I'm just saying... I'm, this, all this stuff is real centric. I want to talk about comic book stuff, I'm trying to keep it focused a little bit. That's just focused on a movie. Did they deal with the alcohol issue, like, enough? Not, well, a little bit in Iron Man 2. They oh, start yeah. with where he's at the party. <laughs> Rhodey's like, I'll take you down. And he oh, puts yeah. on the War Machine suit, which hasn't he's been all the But still, very cool. And I think, you know, that's probably going to be maybe an issue. But then it, there was also the health thing where he was actually yes. really like, drinking all the... Well, it was in the second one he realized, too, that that thing was starting to kill him. That was, it was in the second one. That became a big issue in him. But see, I think, that's, keep that I think that's what's going on in the third one, though. See, what happens is Stark... I mean, and, and I don't know. I honestly haven't read that much about it. I've only seen the trailers that are on Yahoo or whatever the hell. But from the comics, and what's happened is, if you've seen any of the animated things, almost all of them do this, there's some storyline called the blah, 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 where all he goes after anybody that has any portion of Iron Man armored tech and steals it back or destroys it. Well, I think that's going to kind of happen, and then he, some form of this, uh, and right now I'm spacing, but there's a virus that he has now where it's like a techno thing where he's able to control technology to some certain extent without anything. Some extremists. alias Extremists, yeah. Oh yeah, there's a motion comic on Netflix, which yeah. is 
pretty awesome, actually, and I'm going to use that as my rec later. But yeah. <laughs> that's what I assume. I it's definitely kind of, think the you see all the You see all the, and maybe that's just a weird automated thing he has, but you see all the things exploding, which you don't know if that's the Mandarin, the attack or whatever, but all the, you know, the suits of armor along the wall, one by one, exploding, self-destructing. It looks like there's no, like, shot coming in, so, yeah. you know, maybe he's like, if it's getting stolen, yeah, I got to get rid of it all, and only the stuff that responds to my, I mean, who knows? Yeah. But I, I just, I just hope it's awesome. I think that's all we know is that it's going to be awesome. And so far, we've people... proven that th- the third movie is going to suck. Even if you go back as far as... Hey, hey. Even if you go back as far as Superman. Superman 1, 2. Most people like those movies. Yeah. The third Lord of the Rings. Come on. <laughs> now, that's not comic books. I'm talking about uh, comic book comics. movies. Number three. Spider-Man 3. X-Men oh, 3. Oh, no. Are we starting to see a, oh, a pattern here? Those yeah. are both bad movies. Yeah. Cyclops didn't even get Batman screen. Dark Knight Rises. What the fuck was that? I, I, I like the That's Dark because he's still alive. I wait for him to fuck up the third Hellboy movie because that one got way better with the second. I know, movie. I know. I, I can't believe they never made a sequel because those oh, movies I, I thought were really good. That was great. My only gripe about the Hellboy movies is that they're not dark enough. The comics, if you've read, I've got actually Wolves of Saint August upstairs if you want to check it out. But it's a no, not lighthearted, not lighthearted because that is kind of just dark looking. Same movie with Tim Burton aesthetic would have been perfect. I know that's weird. But that's that kind of, it's always been, you know, Hellboy was an independent comic that then Dark Horse and, uh, you know, like, so it's always been real stylized, you know, Mignola and guys like that drawn. It's never been like George Perez drawing Hellboy, which is kind of what the movie looked like. Like a John Byrne movie, which I know I'm talking about. You guys are all looking at me. Like, comic He's talking about dead people or whatever. But, you know, these guys are all significant contributors to the comics yeah. industry. Um, so to answer your question, I would go see uh, Ryan Reynolds return in... A Green Lantern yeah. movie of J.J. Abrams. Well, if you don't, I don't mind admitting this for all the world, but I own, I own Green Lantern. All the way back. Yeah. So if you want to watch it, we can. It's just like the Spider-Man Three movie, which I guess they just jumped the gun and did all the fuck up. Too their, much. They tried to do oh. too much. But Green Green Lantern has some say. good things about it. Spider-Man it does. And like, like I said, I could edit this. That's how we start on this tangent. I could edit this whole thing, that whole movie down to 35, 40 minutes of a great Green Lantern short. Oh, and that dude in it was hilarious. I believe that was the guy, movie. the bad guy. He's like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Do like From I, uh, Green Yeah, Green. I remember like his big head and he's like Hector Hammond. Like he did weird, made weird high pitched screeches. Hector Hammond. See, I like I started to watch Holy the movie and I actually fuck. just uh, stopped watching because it was on uh, cable whenever I seen it or tried to watch it and then I just I couldn't get through it. Uh, Andy, what were you going to say? You were saying he's fine coming back. There's something else you are about to say about Spider-Man 3. Oh, I was just saying, uh, I think it was May 4th, 2007. is the day it came out. <laughs> yeah. The worst day of my life. Why? Because <laughs> he had to watch it. Because I was working at the movie theater at the time. I was a manager. I got the chance to go ahead and preview it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and skip my class. You had to watch the shitty movie and then deal with all the people that were coming to see it. No. <laughs> Yeah, I skipped a class to go ahead and watch it. <laughs> and then he got big. Yeah, and then I, I found out I, uh, you know, I had missed too many days of that class, so I lost like a half letter grade. And also that night when I was driving home, I. Whoa, no, I forgot to even say. Sucks when you're rocking a C minus, huh? Uh, some of my friends. <laughs> I was going to go hang out with friends. They're like, uh, you know, hey, actually, I think we're going to go see Spider Man 3, so if you want to go watch out with us. So I couldn't go see it unless I went to hang out with my friends <laughs> and see the same shitty movie two times in one day. <laughs> oh, no. That movie, I was. But then I hit a deer when I was driving. <laughs> That's not true. 
No, it is true. Driving home from the second time you've seen the movie. From the second time you've seen the movie. It cost me a fucking half letter grade. And of course, the second time was even worse than the first, it right? It was. Because you're just uh, focusing on all the things you didn't like, like the first time around. I'm like, three, two, one. Now take on this. <laughs> and he does his <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, alright, this is So I want to walk out again. Oh my god, this came out today. Why am I and I hated my friends, and I hated them even more when I got here. I will say, you know, I'm in defense of some of those threes, like mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3 and X-Men 3. There are, I feel like there are good things in those movies. Just overall, they fell apart. Like, I liked a lot of things in Spider-Man, like, uh, in Spider-Man 3. Like, if I think back, love the way they handled that scene where the Sandman, where he's sand and you see oh, him the start Sandman to is awesome. And there's that, like, classic kind of music, like, the real pretty music playing, as he's sort of, like... All of a sudden, you just see a little bit Figuring of movement. Out, yeah. And then it's like this two, three minute thing of like him slowly, and then by the end of it, he just stands and walks away. And has oh, like, no. It was fucking cool. Exactly. <laughs> he makes a couple attempts. The first yeah, time, he's like, like head, shoulders, and, and then it falls. And then he's like, oh, you almost see him. And then he falls again, and then he's just ruined. Right will himself finally becomes coherent. Oh. existence, like, was such a cool thing. And, like, I, I kind of like the way they handled that scene where, like, all of a sudden, it's fucking what's Harry coming in, and the. He's trying to listen, grab the ring. Like they're good the hairy things, and and the being the second Green Goblin kind of deal, and even having his redemption as he kind of helps Spider-Man was fine. The Sandman was awesome. What they should have done is slow play the Venom. Yeah. Like instead of making that '70s show a big thing, they should have like <laughs> what they did. You know, do they just allude to it and maybe you know make a little scene of, and maybe show it taking form and whatever, but not. And leave it open. Even if you know you're not going to make another movie, if you're not sure, you still leave it open because that's what comic books do. And cast you someone, don't have to fucking end the goddamn thing in the third... I'm sorry, I don't mean it correctly. And cast someone the, other than Topher Grace. Topher Grace, I don't... Eddie Brock is supposed to be a big guy. That's why Venom was such a big dude at first. And, and you know, Venom, like the Carnage symbiote and whatever, are very... You know, it's all about the host or whatever. That's why Carnage is real thin because he's Cassidy, Tof- the serial killer. Topher would almost have made an awesome Spider-Man, really. Topher would have made a great Spider-Man. He was a smart-assy kind of yeah, fucking thing, and I like that. He's kind of skinny and stuff. Like you know, I did like that. What I did like about Spider-Man Three Same was good things. <laughs> when he takes the when he takes the Venom symbiote to you know the lizard, Kirk Connors. Yeah. He uh, he keeps a little bit of like. And that's Connor, Connor, Connors keeps a oh, little bit right. of it in the movie. So they yeah. do kind of leave So it it's like, oh, like they did leave that <clears> part <throat> open. But very so they don't even really like, I'm going to go out and take it. They don't yeah. even really say that. But it's, I mean, I guess but it's, it's just like, for the, that was like I'm the just glimmer saying, that whole thing would be fine. Like, all the way up to the point where he gets the symbiote off of him by using the sonic <laughs> vibrations from the bell. And then maybe you show it attaching to Eddie Brock or going toward him or somehow him stumbling upon it. And that's it. Like, that's yeah. it. And you leave it at the end well, when he... Maybe Eddie Brock at first bonds to him and he's, you know, not just Topher Grace that's slimy black oil, but, you know, Batista. Well, you know what I'm saying? Or bigger. Bigger. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, you know, for that because it's Venom. All he does is, you know, initially Venom was this hideous monster that ate people's brains. Do you know this? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. And But he was so popular, every issue he was in... Sold like hotcakes, which again, my grandfather talked like that. Like hotcakes, <laughs> sold like fucking fresh crack. I don't know what to say. Uh, 
<laughs> well, that's an interesting. But so eventually, now you've seen this Venom has slowly become a kind of an anti-hero and then almost a hero kind of guy now. But they try to turn it to where it was like more. He wasn't such a bad guy. He just hated Spider-Man and he would actually do good things for people. And he slowly became kind of a, a well, hero. Well, that's he, he kind of is now. I think Venom has his own comic, and I almost want to say that. Oh well, yeah, his miniseries when he was still a bad guy and foil covers and all this shit in the nineties and sold like crazy. You know, people couldn't get rid of him because the visual was so cool. Yeah. You know. All right, let me get back. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> All right, we're, we're all it's like time travel. He was not the worst thing about Green Lantern. It'd be okay if he's in it. Now, I want to talk about Ryan Reynolds. This sounds so fucking awesome. He's got, the, you know, the Deadpool movie he's one to do. He played Deadpool in Wolverine Origins. Wolverine Origins, I'm going to say, that sucked a lot worse than, in my opinion, sucked way worse than, like, X-Men 3 or Spider-Man 3. Yes. Like, God, and I you don't understand that. how excited I was about and that movie. I was And so, I told you, I told you. Yeah. That movie, like Superman Returns, the only thing that made me... It was worth my price of admission to see in the theater because of that first 20 minutes. Yeah. When they show him as the child straight out of the Qbert book with Origins, where he's the little kid in the mansion, and you... Because, dude, again, they're trying to fit all that in there. Wolverine's origin, that wasn't revealed till the character I've been over 30-some years. You know, because Wolverine was created in the early 70s, about the time I was born. With the Hulk. Yeah, 181, 180, or 180, 181, 182, or whatever it is. Wolverine, X-Men Origins. That movie is one of those movies that I could go ahead and edit down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was about to say. It's you one start, of those movies. You start from the very beginning, go ahead and go until the elevator scene where, you know, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is like wisecracking his head. Yeah, right that. before that, though, where the guy, where he, Sabretooth maybe scales up the wall, yeah. it looked too wireworky. Yeah. I don't know why they can't do it more like, if I can play a video game like Infamous and or Assassin's Creed 3 and the parkour looks realistic, they can do that in a movie with a live-action person because because they're it's their movie town or whatever the fuck like, you know what I'm saying you know what I mean yeah I know you uh, I don't know why that they had to, they set they cut corners in places yeah. for the scene where he attacks the helicopter and all that and I'm like eh, that was cool and seeing him go along inside the jeep that was where a bunch of their CGI oh, like, all yeah. that no, and then the blob no, that was pretty bad the blob has to look <laughs> like that yeah. go from the elevator to the scene after the credits where he's drinking <laughs> at the bar and he's like, oh, you're trying to drink to forget? He's like, no, I'm trying to remember. And like, you know, just yeah. cut all of that out. And that would be like, awesome. Because I love the, yeah. the clip at the beginning right after the whole... The montage was a oh, great scene. That's what I'm saying about the two of them fighting and then it's the whole... Until oh, totally they get busted and they're like, nah, and they're eating mice and all this shit and the, it's the two of them and he's like, oh, we're just, I'm just trying to get by and he's fucking crazy. And then, and I don't know why they didn't do more like the comics where they're literally secret agents in like all black suits with like headgear, night vision, crazy weapons and like they go in and like just they just kick ass, extract the person or kill the person and leave. You know what I mean? If Sabretooth's a little more bloodthirsty, mm-hmm. Maverick is the tactician, Wolverine's the fucking go to guy. I want to say Deadpool I'm for the sorry, little bit of, getting off. for the little bit of time that he was in the movie <laughs> He was awesome. Yeah. I really liked him. And I thought Ryan Reynolds did fine in that. And it was just um, a little... Until... Well, and, you know, you, it's not even Ryan Reynolds, though, towards the end. That was, yeah, that was not a good... Do the mask. Well, and if you've seen yeah, the ending good. thing where he picks up his... He, kick, he walks up and picks up his own head. Yeah. That's supposedly Deadpool picking up the head of the clone that was still whatever. Well, so me, because uh, they were saying me... that that body then was a clone that they had put all of these powers into, which that whole fight scene and all that was just silly. I know. Yeah. Well, hold, let me... I, 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 I know what they were trying to do with the whole Wade, you'd be perfect if you didn't talk and he fucking doesn't have a mouth. This is, this is the Ryan Reynolds talking about the Deadpool War. movie 
Because they're asking him about, is it coming out? What's the deal with it? Tell me what you think of the way this movie sounds. It's so, so far into the R-rated zone. It's the nearly NC-17 world, and I just don't know if the studio would ever risk their reputation doing it, says Reynolds, who also compares the tone of the script to Zombieland. We've been developing it, and we would never do it unless you could do it that R-rated way. So they wrote it, and they developed it as well, and you know, it's sitting there. You could do it for a pittance compared to the modern sort of epic scale superhero movies, but it's about a guy who knows he's in a movie and knows he's in a comic book who is deeply mentally disturbed and hyper-violent. And that's tough to get by a studio. Interestingly, Ryan uh, Reynolds also says that the current version of the script does speak to Deadpool's sort of out-of-character experience in X-Men Origins Wolverine. In the current iteration of the script, it doesn't address Wolverine, though it does address Deadpool's appearance in Wolverine. And it says Deadpool was not happy with Deadpool and Wolverine. He has sort of a what-the-fuck moment with that. Whoa. Oh, you're talking like they have a script or some shit. Yeah, there's the script yeah, and everything. They said everything's figured out. Well, listen, everything's ready to go. If they did it right, the main problem would be when Ryan Reynolds appeared. Deadpool's character, the main thing is he, he wears like the mask cover. because yeah, his face is so scarred up yeah. and crazy because he had terminal cancer and sought out or was found by Weapon X program to be like, listen, we'll cure your terminal cancer. And they were doing experiments with Wolverine's DNA on the healing factor. And he was one of the earliest recipients of those. So he got the healing factor, but his face is all just disgusting. Like to the point where for the longest time they never even showed him. It was just like one of those things where you see it without the blah, you know, kind of thing where it's his back shot of the back of the head and people are just horrified by it. Eventually they showed him and he looks like kind of like Spawn. You know, yeah, the, that's the crazy saying. eyes and the scarred up face. But if they did it right, Deadpool would be awesome. If they did it like, and I don't know about all the time breaking the fourth wall kind of thing, but for an episode or two, it'd be like a great HBO series. I think, I feel like he's a smart ass wisecracking and he's like even the, more violent than Spider-Man. It'd be like, which they've never really done Spider-Man perfect in that sense, but they tried and it failed in the one scene that I talked about with the, where he got the guy against the wall and he's kind of taking his time. Spider-Man does these things as he's flipping around circles like you guys are blah, 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 blah. Yeah. not after you've got you cornered by that time he's gone to do something else I do one of the comic panels with him hey you just killed that trick that I was gonna sleep with maybe one day sometime <laughs> who said that Dead, Deadpool. oh Deadpool yeah, yeah that's him like, just, that's just I don't know I just need like to be wisecracking way. break the fourth wall only enough I think awesome. Ryan Reynolds if they let him I think he would be great for that They're working on uh, as that smart assy guy as the character oh, from waiting yes I've seen the for the oh. Deadpool video game and it looks cool and it does that you like he's breaking the fourth wall throughout the trailer and stuff but the way they describe this here I think it sounds fucking awesome and I just think a really really good movie Kickstarter what <laughs> yeah, hey, hey! You might be surprised if they said if they, especially when they put an amount on it, yeah. like when that. What did you say? What was that? Warner's or who was it? Warner Brothers. Brothers when Warner put the thing, if we can raise two million, we'll do it or we'll distribute it. You know whatever. Less than a day, dude. That's huge. And you know what? Two million from Deadpool fans that are all about Deadpool, and you're talking about people from my age all the way down to like kids that just start reading comics. Because Deadpool, anybody that picks up, I have the first couple uh, miniseries. If you guys want to read them, they're hilarious. Deadpool is awesome. He's like a Spider-Man, but he's a fucking mercenary, so he's mm-hmm. shooting. And you know his thing is like he's got a teleporter built into the lining of his suit. When uh, so he teleports, he got the healing factor, and oh. then he's just crazy like I didn't know pistol 
was frag grenades. Oh, well, that was pretty big. And I think they might have gone away from that at this point in the comics. But that was always a big thing this before. Like Nightcrawler mixed with <laughs> Spider-Man mixed yeah. with Wolverine. At one point, at one point, they kind of made him like that, like short-term oh. stuff. But it was always like a kind of thing where it was like Ziggy on Quantum Leap or whatever, where multiple uses of it would drain the power source. So now he can't port out when he needs. So oh, then okay. it's like the kind of thing where I'm done. <laughs> You know, kind of thing, as opposed to Nightcrawler teleporting all over the place at will. I love the idea. They don't do enough. uh, Everyone's so scared of R-rated movies, like... Uh, as far as especially with superhero stuff because it didn't it hasn't well, because worked out really weird well weird like, thing where the comic Watchmen book stuff is for kids movie, but it doesn't comic book stuff is for kids go to the local comic shop the average age of a guy's reading comics is like 30 yeah <laughs> because they either got into it late or they've been doing it their whole lives there aren't a lot of like you know my kids only read you know my 12 year old only reads comics because there's comics everywhere at my house you know what I'm yeah. saying yeah. like he doesn't when I was a kid comics were everywhere every grocery store had a spinner rack you know what I mean? And you at least got to see what was coming out every week, and that's why everybody bought New Teen Titans and X-Men in the 80s, because that's what was always there. Let me quickly, as far as Deadpool movie, though, that just sounds awesome. I really, I hope, man, if they put a Kickstarter up, I'd throw some money in on it. I don't really have, I don't think that would oh, be the only comic. You know what I do for I a living? If they put the Deadpool movie on Kickstarter, especially if they have goal-oriented things, I'm they telling do. you. Yeah, they always You know, do. if it's like, oh, if we raise this much, we can do this. If you raise this much, we can actually make the movie yeah you know, because literally Deadpool, it wouldn't take that much crazy and also, CGI wire work and stuff. It's like basically, you almost buy it, you pre-buy it, and throw a little extra on top to help them make it. So, like, if you put in, like, 35 bucks or 30 bucks from, like, you'll get a digital copy the day the movie's released. Well, like, that's smart, how they'll be like, that's they'll, they hey, if they're smart, they'll be like, hey, if you give more than X amount, you'll be listed in the credits. As oh, the yeah, they have, yeah, they have the, you can get a small, like, walk-on part for, like, if you're, Donating in the thousands or something, you know. They have all yes, those. Yes, and if levels. you do that for a Deadpool movie, dude, I'd like to be the first guy like, he kills. Me, I'm here yeah, in the first three me. seconds, and I get stabbed. Hopefully, I get stabbed through the head or something cool, or <laughs> shoves a grenade in my mouth. Like, it's like, um, uh, did anybody see Hobo with the Shotgun? Yes. Okay, uh, Rob, what's his name? Uh, Ricky from Ricky, Trailer Park yeah. Boys. The oh very beginning. Yeah. Uh, what a great role! Because he's just like, come on, man! What? Like, oh, jeez. Have you Crazy. seen it, Andy? It's on Netflix. It's yeah. messy. And uh, it's now I know my Netflix movie recommendations. <laughs> it's along the lines of Riccio. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an American with Rutger Hauer as a homeless man with a shotgun. <laughs> Do you need anything? <laughs> Sorry, not homeless man. Hobo. We'll uh, call him a vagabond in just in case some, he's listening. I'll try to get through Which some of this other stuff. He's not. Jordan, he's not. I'll try to get through some of this other stuff quick. Um, one thing that's really good, HBO Go is looking to get away maybe from the you have to have HBO to get I would pay HBO. as much as I pay for Netflix for HBO even if I had to pick and choose like, you know. I think it's going to still be kind of expensive though. I think it may be like 18 bucks but maybe if you could like you if can I could watch everything that's on HBO, I would yeah. do it. Yeah, that's how it if is. If I could watch HBO like I'm a regular HBO cable subscriber, I would do it. Because I don't know if we've any of us have ever talked about this, but one of my mantra things is that paying for internet and cable, you're stupid. <laughs> you know, as long as you're patient, I can watch anything you can watch. It just might take me an extra day. Wow. Like right now, I'm watching all of season three of Walking Dead. I'll be caught up with everybody by the time the finale comes out. And that's also, it's nearly the same night that the new Game of Thrones comes out. Yeah, Easter. Can't wait for that. And everybody knows that my personal religious observance dictates that after sundown on Easter, I am buying alcohol <laughs> and movie entertainment. <laughs> it's what I do on holidays. I am. Thanksgiving, Christmas. 
But yeah, I'm excited for that. I, I hope they do that because uh, they need to, it sucks that you would have to have cable. You know, there's so many people, like you said, nowadays having internet is enough most of the time. So to force you to get cable to get the access to the HBO shows seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot because there are a lot of people who I think well, I would like to get it. People that have people that have DSL life. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But, uh, but that's uh, becoming... Oh, uh, one thing very cool I was reading about... Um, I know a lot of us are... I'm a huge Bioware fan when it comes to games and stuff. And uh, they're talking about the next Mass Effect game. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm getting ready to start playing all three. Are you? Oh, oh they're so good. As soon as I'm done with the evil version of Infamous uh, 2, I'm, oh, that's my next. As soon as I finish oh, Dragon Age, it. I'm going to start Mass Effect 3. So. But they said, well, they want to keep doing the games, but they're going to get away from the, you know, they're just going to focus on a different story set in the same universe. So. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they also talked, people asked about the movie. And they said it's still in the works, and they're just taking their time for what? For Mass Effect. Oh. And they're taking their time. They say they want to just, they're going all out to make sure that the movie lives up to the game. So it's still in development. Well, so I'm really pumped for that. I speaking of taking like your times and video games, supposedly the new, uh, we just talked about this earlier, what's it called? Infinity? Bioshock Infinite? Infinite. Bioshock Infinite. Supposedly, they're saying maybe best video game ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, because of... I bet some people are. It was 10 years in the making. No, not some people. Oh, that, that The initial uh, reviews from people in the... You know, people that know what's what. Not, you know, not me. Mm-hmm. I don't play it until it's, somebody hands it to me. But are saying it. It might be the best video game ever. It's Ayn Rand, they're saying. Yeah. Ayn Rand. I know we have a lot of uh, pronunciation things between <laughs> us. But that's good. The Wachowskis, the Wachowskis. <laughs> that's true. Fashbender. <laughs> Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Right. Well, you're relaxed, Rebecca, about that stuff. Fuck, <laughs> And I'm like, Fassbender, Buenos Dias, muchachos. <laughs> like Brad Pitt and you glorious bastards. <laughs> but you were, wait, you were starting to say with uh, Bioshock Eminem, though. Just right, no, and, and just in the I Just because I read that this morning, just and we were mentioning uh, games and, and long in the making, and they're 10 years, they're saying. Oh. Basically, they've been working on this game since, since the beginning. Since they finished the first one. Well, yes, they finished the first one, and it's, it's it looks supposed amazing. to be I'm amazing. It's <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. So you're talking about, I've only played maybe five minutes of any of the Bioshock games. I played Bioshock 2 for like five minutes at Toys R Us I, or something, and I was like, this looks cool. Yeah, but I, I wasn't, real, but I did Mass Effect, though. same thing. Yeah. But luckily, I know somebody that has the three-pack of all three games, and yeah. the, your character continues through the yes. three games. I mean, yeah. that's the amazing thing about what Bioware is doing, is that all the choices, I hate to get too much into video games, I mean, I can cut this part no, no, <laughs> It's called the It's all related, and you know, Mass Aspect, yeah. There is fucking a movie based on it, right? So, but what's cool about those games, Bioware, uh, Dragon Age, and Mass Effect, and both of those, the choices you make, like major things happen, right? And they carry on in the next game, which is such a cool idea. Well, I think I think you, that yeah. a la the movie Clue, which I know this is really yes, weird, but yeah. <laughs> they forget movies like that. They should they have, have alternate al- endings. They should do more with alternate endings. It would be- it would be great though to see like a character in the movie just go ahead and be like, "Oh, I made that decision. Oh, what? Oh, I did everything that he did." No, dude, do something crazy like no, in the fifties. They used to do all this crazy shit, like put shockers in the seats and blow wind in your face, all this stuff. To have a thing where it's like, vote. What should they do? And the majority wins. If there's four of you there and three of you vote one way, that's what happens. And you go to a separate, I mean, for an ending where it's like, this is it. This is the big deal at the end. What do you do? And you choose. And then nationwide, whatever the, the most 
chosen thing was that's how you go for the sequel that's where you go for the sequel that makes sense that so it's interesting. like oh you were in that crowd <laughs> yeah, right. you know you must be from the northeast you know or whatever <laughs> they used to do a lot of stuff like that before where literally the movies would have like a rubber skeleton that came down a string and during a 3d movie or some weird shit where you know they really they incorporated the actual you know showing of the movie and with stuff that from the movie and it made it a little more you know involved with the you know, when it's like the, 3D for real. When I was uh, probably uh, maybe 11 or 12, I saw an infomercial about DVD. It was the first, it was like before it was starting to get pop. What like, do you mean about DVD? About DVDs, like an entertainment system, like, and what, and they explaining the quality and like the surround sound stuff. And, and they had this whole thing where they talked about being able to make choices or something in movies, like alternate, like ways, camera angles, like this camera angles. That this, was the biggest thing was the camera alternate was camera angles. And how crisp it was going to be. Yeah. Well, no, but what so he's talking probably, about, where you actually have options in the movie, where you would okay, actually yeah, get yeah. to pick in certain scenes, it would prompt you. And you could hit the button and it would show you like an alternate camera angle. Or maybe there's two or three alternate camera angles for certain scenes. And you, it was, I mean, that's kind of cool. But I really, Just like, like everybody else, and that's like us anyway, I live for the commentaries. Yeah. I mean, I do, and that's so dumb. But, I mean, I live. I like the movies, but sometimes a commentary can make a movie that I was like on the fence about, or kind of like, well, it was pretty good, but this or that. And I watched the commentary, I'm like, wow, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a little more insight into what's going on with the, the oh, guy. Oh yeah, for sure. Seen. I don't know. I, uh, Mass Effect movie, though. I think it sounds like it'd be awesome. I love the, I love the games. I love the, and the story is pretty cool. And the universe itself is yeah. just very cool and very well done. But I'm, I'd, I'd be looking forward to seeing how they do like the different species. Hopefully it looks just like the game, but more realistic. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. I guess that's the goal. Well, what I've seen of the game it looks it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the first one, and that's all I've really looked at, but I'm going to start playing that because yeah. I like the idea of You'll a character like going through the all three of the versions. Some small news. like Will Smith actually talked in an interview about turning down the role of Django, and he said Django wasn't the lead. So I was like, I need to be the lead. Jago is the lead. The other character was the lead. Smith told the Dr. King Schultz. Referring to Christopher Schultz's Dr. King If anything, DiCaprio, you could argue that he becomes the most important character, but he's not the lead. Jago's obviously the lead. Yeah, the only reason... Uh, and if it had been Will Smith, Jay would have probably got more screen time, even though he's in every fucking scene, basically, in the whole movie. Like, Yeah, yeah he just said the only reason uh, he thought that Dr. King Schultz was the lead in the movie is because uh, he was the one that was able to kill DiCaprio. Well, I don't know if the, that's... The lead villain. That's a, he was the one that was able. He was only able to do that through the actions of Jago. I mean, obviously. Well, this is what it says, but before he left the project, Smith said that he implored Tarantino to give Jango a more central role in the film i was like no quentin please i need to kill the bad guy so i think he was just when you think about it too if you think about the movie tarantino's not real big on people doing the ad lib thing like his shit's written a certain way it, it works but if you, you don't you shouldn't i was uh, just gonna yeah. say though if you think about will the smith movie can do that paper, with the movies will smith makes the people let him do that well i think this that and it it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. You do what was written. And he's really... True romance pissed him off. And, and I know that this is Tony ancient Scott. history to most of you guys, but in the early 90s when they made True Romance and he, they changed his ending because the rest of that movie's all him. Yeah. And then Tony Scott changed the ending, made it a little more Hollywood compatible where... 
you know, he survived and they lived together and wherever. Sail off into the sunset. <laughs> right, and they named the kid Elvis. I was just going to say... It, Cue I, the xylophones. When you think about that movie, though, if you put it on paper, Django doesn't have nearly as many speaking lines as hardly... You know, when you think about Get on real. paper, though, it doesn't... But, I mean, the sort of forces focus around well, him. And also, when I you don't think of that movie, what are the, the, the three... Like, the top three scenes that you think of? The scene at the table... With Leonardo DiCaprio going crazy, Django shooting everyone, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe the the scene in the line the with Django, the beginning, the, yeah, the beginning. the beginning too, yeah. But it's also now the yeah. one scene that the only one scene that stands out in my mind where the what's his I'm sorry the Arthur white guy Schultz, Schultz yeah, yeah sorry I'm, I'm trying Inglorious Bastards I couldn't <laughs> the one scene at the very beginning where he drops the lantern and pops those two guys and it's like I tried to warn you that I was just here to serve a warrant like it's, I really like his speech pattern and, and yes. this, yeah. the, the, the the rhythm of it and whatever and the way it's very you can tell that English is his second language and he's very careful about what he says and it's very cool yeah. Everything that makes you hate him in Inglorious Bastards makes you really endearing. Yeah. You really like the character yeah. in Django. I mean, really like him in Inglorious. But Bastards. other than that, everything's Django. The scene where he's whipping the guy, the, the slaves at the plantation are standing around going, "What the?" And Django's whipping that guy, just whipping him. You know that to me, that was good shit. You know. I will say though. For one thing, we don't necessarily know for sure that Tarantino did not shift it slightly to make it more about Django. To spite for sure, we don't. For sure, we don't. I mean, I, I'm just, we don't know for sure. Tarantino's a lot of things, a little weird, but I don't know about spiteful. Because that seems like a spiteful move. Like, maybe he's right, I'm not going to catch him, but I'll put somebody else. Cause, you know what? Well, it's, it's Will Smith would have project. been awesome in that role. He would. Will Smith would have been great in that role, but that's... I think Will Smith, you know, he's making movies with his kids. His kids are a little older. I think he's a little more conscious of that now and was a little like... I think it was more the Tarantino movie and all the crazy shit and wanting to be a good role model for his kids type thing as opposed to Jamie Foxx who, you know, he's a great actor. I mean, he yeah. came out of In Living Color with Jim Carrey. <laughs> right, that's how Okay, I so, hey, Jamie Foxx. I just think great. he didn't mean that when he pretend to be the girl, you know that, wearing the blonde wig and those... Oh, yeah, the... Everybody's the ugliest woman in the world. I don't remember what she was called, but yeah, Jamie Foxx, great. Will Smith would have been great in that role because he's a tall, big. He would have looked even more of like if the gunslinger from the Stephen King series was white. Will Smith would make a perfect gunslinger. If he was a little more grizzled, or maybe Sam Jackson from the '90s, but you know, yeah, Scott Glenn if he was six two and it was 1985. (laughs) I just there aren't a lot of grizzled actors in the younger generation. They all look pretty. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, I very clean cut. That's why I'm worried about the whole gunslinger adaptation that Ron Howard's trying to get going. Which, if it happens, would be great because they're talking about movie series, movie series. Just get Russell Crowe to drop like thirty pounds, (laughs) twenty pounds. He's He's, I he's feel a like more gone. If he did, is he a little more than that? Yeah, see, I feel like Roland is supposed to be a taller, more kind of thin, gaunt. Uh, yeah, Matthew Fox in the in the new Alex Cross movie, like in that Alex Cross. Actually, the just Matthew God, Fox would be a little gaunt. He would yeah. be a great gunslinger. Yeah, that's he what has I mean. those features, I think. And I know that this sounds weird, but right. that one guy, Zach uh, Efron, I will. <laughs> Laugh you in the ear hole. <laughs> Punch you right in your turkey neck. 
No, no. Uh, he was in Idiocracy. He's the guy. Go away, baby. Oh, Dax. Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard. Oh, Dax. He, and I know this sounds crazy, and he's a goofy yeah. guy, but he would actually make a pretty good gunslinger. He has kind of a drawn face, and you know I've already said Adrian Brody, if he wasn't, and I don't mean to be this way, but so Jewish looking, <laughs> he, because be, only because the gunslingers, obviously, it's like a weird, it's almost like an Arthurian type thing, so you expect them to be look more like, you know, Pierre at 6'4". Real, real quick, did we talk about who was going to play Roland? And Why do you know who it out? really yeah. is? Yeah. You he, don't know who it's going to be. No, no, this is the guy who signed up for it, but then the movie was taking too long to get going, and so... He had another movie he was off for. Christian Leitner. No, no, no. The last person you would ever think, Javier Bardem. He left the movie to be on. That actually might be really good. It would have been. And by the time he's ready, he might be free. Because you know what? If he, yeah, like I said, a little more gaunt. He has that drawn and dead eyes. Dude, (laughs) dead eyes. And I know that everybody's going to give me Tiger Beat magazine (laughs) hell for this, but. I think that if he did it right, I think Brad Pitt would I make know. a good Roland. I'm with you, but he's done his Roland. Yes, give him. I think he would yeah. be good as that. He could do it, Jeremy. Davis. I also think while we're on a weird tangent, that Brad Pitt <laughs> would make a great uh, Cole in a version of Infamous. Yeah. Well, he's a little too old. I would like to see him as Roland, though. That'd be good. Well, Jeremy, was it Jeremy Davies? Is that the guy who was in a who played Daniel Faraday? That may have been his name. Yeah, he was also Daniel Faraday. He was also in Twister. Oh yeah, and, uh, and he's in Spank the Monkey. Whoa! <laughs> you mean spanking the monkey? Spanking the monkey. But the kid with the, the mom with the broken leg put some lotion on me. The dog oh. stop watching him masturbate. <laughs> An ex-roommate of mine, also a relative, I hate to admit that, was like, we gotta watch this movie. And this is right after we watched, like, <laughs> Equus. You know what Equus is? No, like, oh, my God. And then I'm like, okay, finally, let's get to something Wait, a little more realistic. Say what Equus is about. I'm say not saying what Equus is about. <laughs> I'm going to make everybody watch it. That's my new recommendation. But no. Specking the monkey is about a guy basically trying to find some place to masturbate because this neighbor chick is giving him all kinds of fucking crazy hormone hell. And his dog keeps busting in on watching him. And then his stepmom or whatever. His, his mom. His mom. mom is making like these weird. And he's one of these mommy dependent kind of guys too. She's got a broken leg. She's like, put lotion. My legs are chapped. Put lotion on it higher on my thighs. And just, it's and one night he and banged his mom. There were three chicks in the room when I watched it, too, which just... <laughs> and, of course, here I am calling women chicks, so I guess that's not good either, but... I mean, it's late, and it's a podcast. I'll be listening to this anyway. Uh, man, that's a fucked up movie. Anybody who's been listening to the last ones know that I referred to women often as chicks. Not because I think they're all chickens. I just... <laughs> it's just something that... I watch a lot of happy days, I guess. <laughs> You think hey, Josh Holloway could make a good Josh Holloway? That name sounds familiar, but I don't know. Uh, he was Sawyer. No. I saw him in another Old West thing. I don't... Community? No. Matthew Fox couldn't quite do it either because he's a little too... He just didn't have that look. When I think of just the Roland's toughness, like his fucking just scary, like, determination stuff, I feel just like... Javier Bardem would have been a good choice. With the, uh, yeah, a and, little bit of, I mean, Crow, a little bit more gaunt in the I face. Would be, I would be fine with Crow. I think he could do it. Uh, Edward Norton. Edward Norton, no. I love Edward Norton, but no. 
Edward Norton could do it. No. <laughs> no, he can't. Edward Norton, Edward Norton is a great actor. He is a good actor, but no. You just said he is a good actor, and I'm he's saying a great, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. You obviously haven't seen Death of Smoochie. No, he's amazing. Or Leaves of Grass. I, I love great. him. It actually right. made Keeping the Faith not a shitty movie. <laughs> no, that was, that was a pretty shitty movie. <laughs> well, Ninja Turtles... They uh, they cast all the parts for that, and none of them sound all that good as far as the actors they got. Is it still gonna be? Are they still gonna be? Aliens? Hold on, hold on. Is Megan Fox playing April O'Neil? I don't know if they've ever officially released that, but yeah, yes, she's yeah. not. They're they're uh, buttoning up about it, but no, she's cast in the movie, in and it only seems like you know she seems like the only character that uh, might be played. One thing that's yeah. interesting is they want to do the Ninja Turtles. They're all going to be looks like they're going to be. CGI. Of course they are. Yeah, there'll be performance capture gigs that, according to Deadline, should result in a more sophisticated avatar-like approach. That's what they're claiming. If they could get the special effects up to that level, it might not look like shit. And it's a Michael Bay movie? Uh, yeah, and they're aliens instead of mutants. Yeah, yeah so it, it's yeah. going to be shit. It's gonna, are they going to change the name to Teenage Alien Ninja Turtles? I don't know. Or is it going to be called Teenage Ninja Maybe they were aliens that got mutated. The question is, can they get up off their backs? <laughs> That's a real question. Uh, oh, and I have a picture. That, speaking of, we've been talking about all these lost characters. Did you see that Evangeline Lilly is in The Hobbit? I, I know. Oh, she's yeah. fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. But she's in The Hobbit. It's a character that they created for the movie. Come on. Her name's Toriel, who's Legolas's kin. Not based on any J.R. Tolkien's characters, created by Jackson, his co-writers, Guillermo del Toro, Fran Walsh, and Phil Bates. All of a sudden, The <laughs> Hobbit sucks. <laughs> because no, they changed one thing. They're, they're changing quite a bit it's about They didn't change one thing. Expanding. They added something out of the... Now, she's no no relation at all, not even in the Cimmerillion or whatever. Well, she's, uh, she's related just, to Legolas. It says she's related so, to Legolas, but it says... But that's a character they the made up for the movie. I think so. Well, that's what happens when you make a children's book into three movies and you make three books that could have been made into nine movies into three. Uh, I frankly... I'm getting pissed now. I, well, I don't know what's left of the news, but we need to get over it. I, I, I still frankly do not give a shit. I, I'm <laughs> so excited. <laughs> the next movie is called as The Desolation not, As long as she doesn't play some pivotal role in what happens, who cares? Honestly. The first one, awesome. And she's a good The actress. Hobbit is phenomenal. I like her as an actress. I'm happy to see her in a movie. She was in I'm Real fine. Steel. Didn't you watch that one? Real Steel is a good movie. Evangeline Dude, Lady, did, is did you Real see Steel? Real Steel? Yeah. yeah, she was his girlfriend. Hey, so, you know there's some new TV show that's basically that, real steel. but it's real. Like guys literally controlling giant robots that yeah, fight each I've other. Yeah, I've seen the, I've seen the video. I don't know what it's called, but I'm dying to see it. <laughs> I used to watch Robot Wars, where I it's like people that had the remote control robots they built. Like the a, best are the wedge-shaped ones with the flip yeah. bar. Yeah, they just you know what I mean? Over. The other ones would like shoot fire, but the little ones would go underneath it, flip it over, and be like, I win. <laughs> 16 bit voice here. It's on PBS. Yeah. yeah. Did you see Real Steel? Uh, I saw saw part of it at Walmart. I just want to say that, uh, was that Real there? Steel, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be any good, and I was pleasantly surprised. It was actually a decent. I was also story. pleasantly surprised. That's what I didn't. It pulled off well. I really, I honestly didn't. That movie was based on Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I know, right? And I am that age. I'm that guy. 
Right, as a kid, I had the red and blue Rock Up Soccer Robots. I also had the adult version with the karate guys <laughs> that looked like 12, 13-inch GI figures with, uh, you know, keys or whatever they call the, the you know, the white the robe, yeah. the geese. There you go, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the Chinese thing. You're all Japanese. Right? <laughs> uh, and, and they were like one bald guy, one guy with hair and a mustache and and they would like reach out and like chop each other and you it was basically just mashed on buttons so you got lucky and then his head would pop up like great movie it I, is I, and I was again I went into it with really low expectations oh, yeah. not like Primer where I went in thinking I was going to be super impressed and I ended up calling my you oldest wouldn't. son and my brother who's a PhD in chemistry I'm like watch this movie and tell me if there's anything valid and hung up <laughs> I, uh, I literally I was just like, Why wish it on them? Well, no, I was a little more. I told him, I said, listen, it's this horrible movie. It's, you know, but it was made by one of you. <laughs> well, that's what I call yeah. them. You yeah, know, yeah. far side geekers. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a geek, but not because I know pi to the fucking 18th integer or whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but these are guys who would actually understand whether or not the concepts were made any sense kind of thing and to me I listened to it I'm like okay that's pretty cool and then it really just like we said like a lot of time travel movies got way just into stuff that he did a little too much extrapolating on the effects of what was going on as opposed to concentrating on what was going on yeah. like if they were stuck with that and be like wow this didn't show up and then all of a sudden it's here again later and that would have been cooler to me than you know by the end of the movie again he's taking his own ideas and now he's got an earpiece that's telling him what's going on three seconds in the future, and so he's... And I'm like, you're creating divergent timelines every time you speak! <laughs> you know, I, it's just my personal hangout for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I thought about rewatching the movie, but I guess maybe I'll, I'll just avoid it. Oh, um... If you could get to the part where they explain what's going on, that would be awesome, and they'd just be like, hey, you're smarter than me, tell this. Does this make sense? <laughs> and and it, it seemed to, as much as what I understood, was pretty decently thought out. And then it just got, like most time travel movies, you know, then it becomes the ideas of your personal ideas of what is going to be affected and how it's going to work practically or whatever. Um, let me go to this last thing. Uh, first teaser poster for Ender's Game. The long, in-development adaptation of Orson Scott Card's sci-fi novel. That stars Harrison Ford, Asa Butterfield, and, uh, mostly, <laughs> and Ben Kingsley. Why are you fading off with that? Oh, sorry. No, Asa like, Butterfield. Okay, Haley Steinfield? Harrison Ford. Ford Viola is Dukes. obviously the one guy. Now, where you said Ben Kingsley? Ben Kingsley. And Gandhi, Abigail Breslin? Gandhi. Han Solo. Uh, who else? A couple okay. people we don't know. Harrison Ford, Asa Butterfield, Haley Stan- Steinfield, Viola Davis, or Viola, Abigail Breslin, and Ben Kingsley. Uh, but this All I have to say is, I, I just. I just, after having it recommended to me from people at work, read this book, the first book, Ender's Game, and I loved it. Granted, it was a little, and we talked about this, Sean, but the age of the people was a little weird, but that was how it was kind of with Game of Thrones, too. Like, in the show, they're a little older. In the book, they're supposed to be so young, you're supposed to just take that back then, that was the way it was. And from the picture, it looks like they're going to update it to make it more like... 13, 14, 15. Well, but now you're talking about he's been there for a couple of years. He's 12, 13 or whatever. But he's also advanced or whatever. At any rate, if they keep the basic feel of that, it's going to be great. Yeah. I, I definitely get the sense, though. Ender's Game, they've been talking about making it forever. I think it all got jump-started with the success of Hunger Games. 
Yeah, and you can also you can see how now it's way more relevant. If you yes. read the book and know what's going on, you can see how it's way more relevant now with training young children to be the next generation of astro pilots or whatever the fuck you want to call it, and not even telling them that it's not that it's real that it's. A, I'm giving I'm Sean Jonesing it up right now. <laughs> I'm giving everything away, but you know, not even telling them that the whole time they're in training, they're actually fighting the wars because they're counting on their intuitiveness as children and that creativity and stuff, which that makes sense. The, some of it, the political goings-on or whatever, but it is the future, you know, and kids are maturing at younger ages, and who's to say that 150 years from now, it won't be like that, where six-year-olds are like, I feel that politics are overrated and that blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And those are supposed to be also... Handpicked from around the globe as the okay, never mind. I just keep giving away more. <laughs> it's good. It's gonna be cool. I think it'll be cool. Uh, Netflix recommendations. I'll go ahead and yes. say uh, movie Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, that's Agreed. a badass movie. I'm pretty so sure we're all in agreement there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so funny and. So weird that I never heard about this until it showed up on Netflix. Like, was it released? Like, I never... It went out on a limited release, and but yeah, it was really good. I think it actually ended up coming out on a, uh, a rental service first before it even hit theaters, and then it released on a limited and then came out on a really? DVD like, shortly after. I bought the Blu-ray when it came out, because great movie. That was uh, phenomenal. It's a perfect My, yeah, movie great for, like, a community college class on community communication <laughs> yeah. actually that's a great that's a great analogy yeah. Andy thank you I mean it's just uh, and uh, for a TV show I just have to say Raising Hope yeah it's a good show I like it a lot by the same guy who did uh, the Jason Lee show the My Name is Earl yeah, yeah. but this is way better than like My Name is it's Earl it's pretty similar I would say it's pretty uh, they're, they're very Paul much about making kind of uh, lightheartedness out of like Why? the Walmart people <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. Not like we don't all haven't gone to Walmart and bought something. I'm just trailer saying, park people. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the <laughs> downtrodden or however you want to say it. White trash. Yeah. You could say. I mean, you could say that because <laughs> of where you're from. <laughs> my my peeps. Andy <laughs> just calls them his peeps. But uh, yeah, that's well, a really good show. Have, have either of you guys seen that or what? Raising Hope? Yeah, yeah. But I've only seen what the first six, seven episodes. Maybe. It's funny. You'd like it. Uh, actually, Jordan, you would love that show. It's really good. Yeah, you would. What else? What do you got movie wise? Tucker and Dale. Oh, what do you got, Jordan? <laughs> okay, I was going to say uh, one movie that was just a classic, but I just yeah I changed my mind on the last minute, and I'm gonna go with an old '80s horror movie called House. Oh. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, with that was on with the greatest American hero, which was a yep. TV show in the uh, early 80s about a guy that comes across an alien space suit. On yeah. <laughs> but the movie's just basically about this guy that realizes that he has like this interdimensional doorway in one of his closets in which a Vietnam uh, vet or something comes out of and all sorts of crazy demons are in it. It's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's a weird fun movie. movie. I watched it yeah. as a kid. It stuck with me for yeah, a while. Yeah, it stuck with me as a kid too. And then I went and rewatched it a couple years ago, and it actually still was pretty it's like good. A horror so. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As weird as it was when it came out, it's actually held up where yeah. other movies that came out at the same time didn't really, because they were so the sequel didn't dated really by what was going on. It was good. Yeah. It was just kind of your every guy kind of deal. The horror, it's like the horror flash. version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a way, yeah. <laughs> And then would you, have, and, you put a TV show on there? 
just the only TV show recommendation I actually had is a little short documentary type thing. It kind of follows a uh, music tour called Dun and Vito's Rock Tour. If you guys have seen uh, oh, Jackass yeah, or Viva Bam, anything Ryan. like that, they've had uh, Ryan Dunn and uh, this guy named Don Vito, <laughs> who's this big, uh, huge guy, and he just is. He looks like Don Vito, is that yeah. what he said? Well, he is <laughs> Don Vito. Yeah, Don oh, it's Don Vito? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. From Bam? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and he's got this infamous thing where he just goes, oh, just like all the time. What is this called? Uh, <laughs> I got to write it down. I'm sorry. I got to watch uh, it today. <laughs> Dunn and Vito's Rock Tour. It's about an hour long, and it just follows them on this little uh, tour they have and kind of just shows you the back behind the scenes look of just how crazy and disgusting Don Vito is pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that- Sounds awesome. <laughs> because like watching Springer or Maury, I'm like, oh wow, yeah. I thought my life was And he's getting up. like right. wasted like the entire time, like just making a complete ass out of himself. It's a great Ryan, match. Ryan Dunn is the one who died, right? Yeah, like Ryan Dunn uh, died about like a year ago or something. Seems like Yeah, a car crash going like over a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. While intoxicated, never a good yeah. combination. Well, you know, that yeah. guy did there wasn't too much that he didn't do that he wanted to do. You yeah, know? I think Steve O was in the car with him and but he lived really <laughs> really or something like that I don't know I know that's I like check your used to how great one of the last two Beatles to <laughs> right you know. the last, like is he? No, Paul's still around. Yeah, Jeez, really? Because Ringo's big gripe is that Paul goes around acting like the last Beatle. Ringo's like, I'm still here, bitch, and I made some movies instead. Yeah. You know. Yeah, not off in Hollywood. I sang on Yellow Submarine. Yeah, we all did. Fuck you. And what? An octopus's garden? The other weird part yeah, yeah. Really and that's like yeah. one song. And that is one of my favorite songs off that really? album. I get, oh, it's, it's good. <laughs> Do you even know it? Uh, just love that. You're, all, like, you're all about Tool and Metallica and whatever. Uh, I'm not a big Metallica fan, but Tool, <laughs> yes, very much so. Metallica. <laughs> tool, tool Fred, I, uh, one of these days, I'm going to sit you down. Uh, my youngest brother is all about the Tool oh, and the yeah. One Circle and all that stuff. Perfect Circle. I'm sorry. Perfect Circle. Perfect Circle. <laughs> I started just saying with Tool. It just I remember you describing Tool as like angry teenage music, and it's you could say that 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 would be you, silver. If you if you listen to Lateralis, there's no way you would say that. There is no way you could just look up the lyrics and read the lyrics for the song okay. Lateralis. All right, now hold on. Are you telling me that Tool angry. Number One is a lyrical band and should be based on their lyrics, or that their music is what drives it's them? Both large. Both. Oh. Look at the song with Lara Alice, please, Fred. You please. do it for the beats, but please, please look at look at Lara Alice and read the lyrics. Of I, read, I know. I don't. I don't. Sean, it's not like if you say it's angry. Like trying Sean, to convince me to be a fan of Dave Matthews. Sean, I have a question for you. Just huh. listen to his guitar you, riffs and the words that he's saying. You say uh, I'm not going for it, Jordan. No. Okay, Sean, what are your recommendations for Netflix? Gray, the Gray. The Gray was Liam a wonderful movie. Liam Neeson. Who doesn't love Qui-Gon Jinn? Yeah, and he was amazing. And the movie's really good. It's a little depressing. It's so... I'm good with that. Amazing, though. <laughs> so I, I back you up on that. <laughs> this movie is way better than Primer. How did I not see that was coming? No, no this... Uh, <laughs> the Gray was... Uh, I was... Pleasantly surprised by that movie. I didn't. 
I heard people talk about when it came out of theaters, and I think I heard maybe a one or two mixed reactions, but most people were saying it was good. I held off till DVD, and I really liked it. It was really, it's, uh, really, really good. The wolves in that are a little bit, I don't know, they're a little bit uh, more aggressive than I think they would be in real life. Have you ever maybe. been to Alaska or Canada? No, I mean, they give up. <laughs> That's why I said that I think. There are way yeah. more wolves That's why than there are his people. entire job was to protect the group. There are way the more wolves than there are people in places like that. That's not, the, like, when we think of, like, a wolf or coyotes or wild dogs, like, it's not like that. In Canada, uh, and I've only been, I mean, it's been years since I've been there, but you're talking about about being someplace when you go up to the north there's not a town for miles and it's like i mean now whatever but you know what i'm saying like it's totally different environment you're talking about way more like those people they're outnumbered 50 to yeah. one i see when i know what you're saying your comic book though what did he say you learned everything you knew about canada from canadian that? government oh, i've actually oh, been sorry. to canada <laughs> My family is Canadian. I've been there. I have relatives that live there still. Cool. Everything I've learned about Canadian government and <laughs> Quebec, I learned from John Vernon Alpha. Sorry, Florence. sorry. That's okay. You can try to rip on me all you want. No, I wasn't I'm, trying I'm to rip on you. It. I was trying to expose a weakness. No, not expose a weakness. <laughs> wow. It's not a weakness to know anything about Canada. I think that's now pretty awesome. Now we're Brainiac or Lex Luthor. No, I, 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 I love the Red Green Show. You know, so I, I enjoy things. That I, I also I, enjoy the Red Green Show. I the spare tire made out of old tennis shoes with duck. Women don't find it handsome, they should at least. I know what you're saying, though, as far as the wolves did seem unnaturally aggressive. No, but he but gives great explanation for all the wolves are also naturally inclined to pick out when people are at, at their weakest and weak, and those people were fucking And he scared. talks about how they landed near the... Scared. Yeah, they had to pumping out hormones and pheromones that were just reeking of fear. Besides and that's that, just going to make those wolves be that much more... And I've, I've only watched about two-thirds of this movie. It's one of those started it at 1 a.m. and passed out before I saw the end. But great movie. I mean, you know. Yeah, finish. I would say Dermot Mulroney and Dallas Roberts, who's also in the third season of The Walking Dead. Uh, they both did lend, you know, a really good performance to the gray. So it was, you know, I mean, it was mainly Liam Neeson that made that movie. Well, I'm not gonna argue. Barring <laughs> barring Sean flirting with divorce, I feel like this episode could almost be a two parter. Since we were talking about having an extra one in the can anyway, we're I mean, we're on an hour and twenty minutes without getting to the topic, so we can still do thirty minutes of the topic and wrap this shit up because I know you want to be home by. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there before we got <laughs> So, yeah, well, we'll uh, I guess we'll jump into Stephen King adaptations. I guess that's the... I don't get to give a Netflix rec. Oh, my God, yeah. Okay, no. I realized that I basically tangented on everything everybody has said for the last hour. But I would just like to say Mad Men, uh, season five is now on Netflix. It's a great show. Uh, I really didn't think I was going to like it, but I feel like they've done a really good job portraying what the society was like at that time. The coming out of that halcyon 50s kind of thing and into the 60s with the progressive thoughts coming about and being more uh, socially prevalent. I, I think it's a great show and I think that anyone that hasn't seen it now would be a great time because all five seasons maybe they're in six now or whatever but it'd be a great time it's to kind of come on board and run through Walking it. Dead. Also I would like to recommend outside of Netflix and Hulu Walking Dead. People may or may not know that I don't like to watch things when they come out because I feel like it's like reading comic books as a kid. I gotta wait a month which basically it's only a week for TV 
in between. I don't like that. So right now I'm in the middle of watching all The Walking Dead up to the last episode on next Sunday, which I'd really like to have a special thing where we watch that and the first episode of Game of Thrones, and that's our podcast for next week, if we can all get together to do it That'd on Sunday. Cool. Yeah, that's, of course, an awesome recommendation. I need to get caught up myself a little bit. I'm behind. I've had a lot of stuff lately, so I need to get caught up on The Walking Dead for sure. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Stephen King adaptations. Uh, I think, in general, there's most people would say, if you ask, before thinking about all these movies, I think, in general, a lot of people think Stephen King adaptations kind of suck. And that's because some of the really bad That's not ones, true at all. You don't think so? It's not. Really? What's your number one favorite movie of all time? What's your number one favorite movie of all time? (laughs) What's the IMDb number one movie of all time? And your favorite. Not that you're a weird conformist, but what is it, Sean? Say it. Say it. I said most people. Say it. (laughs) Most people means IMDb. Shawshank Redemption is the number one movie of all time as far as IMDb, it was is, for the longest. You know, it's, it's, it's the generic man's Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. But basically, it's it's considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Absolutely. Is a Stephen King adaptation. Most people don't even know that. <laughs> That's true. And one of his other greatest movies of all time, most well received. Most people don't, you know, I, I don't want to go through it. I, today, I pulled all my employees. We, I do this once in a while. I do little surveys. What's your favorite Steve, Stephen King adaptation? The Shining was the number one answer. And then something something else weird. Maybe. It. 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 Yeah. Because they remembered that. The, but then when I said. Fucking clown. I said Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I said, stand by me. And everybody in the room looked at me like, That's Stephen King didn't write that. And I'm like, Stephen King yeah, did write that. Oh, yeah. I gave the DVD before the end of the shift was over. I gave it to one of my employees who said, I've never even heard of that or seen it. I'm like, watch this and bring it back. She goes, I'm only back till Monday. I'm like, I don't care. Bring it back to me when you can and tell me what you thought. I'm going to record the whole thing. That's going to be my next classified episode. Nice. Part nice. of it is, uh, and then kind of going off of this and whatever. But Stephen King. For to me, they've always been hit or miss. There's never a middle ground. <laughs> they're either awesome or they're terrible. Christine, great book, great book. Uh, but the, I haven't read the book. I, it was one of the first Stephen King things I read. It turned me on to all the Night Shift and all the short stories and all that stuff. Great book. The movie for some people, depending on how old they were, it, it meant a lot. To me, I was kind of like, Ugh, they. One of the things that kind of ruined it. Carrie, though. Yeah, Carrie was good. I know this is weird, but where we work, one of the, the most often said things from you-know-who's section is, they're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. Yes. I mean, that's it all the time. It's a part of society. So <laughs> Carrie, obviously, has to be one of those, and they've remade it and done sequels and whatever, dude. Sissy Spacek. <laughs> I don't care, Mama. I like him, and he likes me. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. Really well done. It's it's dated. I'm not gonna lie. It's dated, and they could redo it. But if they're not gonna keep that same spirit, I don't want to see it. I'd rather see it as a '70s movie where, when you watch it, you get that feeling of that. That's when it happened. You know, kind of thing. Like that to me is kind of cool. Some movies have that in them. Some movies are dive for remake. You know? I did want to real quick say I'm pretty sure they are doing a remake of Carrie, and I read that not oh, that yeah. long ago. Hit Girl. Yeah, and it's going to be Chloe... Chloe Moretz. She's too good looking. <laughs> oh, she is. Yeah. Carrie's supposed to be some homely... You know, which we, maybe they'll do something awesome with her, like uh, 
what's her name is Eileen Wernos, the serial killer oh, and monster. Oh, Theron. Theron, the South yeah. African chick. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they made her not yeah. not too hot in that movie. Isn't that her in the uh, Hancock too, or no? Yeah, yeah, that's her in Hancock. Love that. Number one, Jason Bateman. Silver Spoons, It's Your well, Move. Well, she was great in Arrested I know this is the second time that I've mentioned It's Your Move, and I haven't looked for it on the internet yet, but... Let's see, uh, with Stephen King, uh, Maximum Overdrive? Maximum Overdrive is fucking awesome. I liked it a lot as a kid. I don't know how it holds up It, it probably doesn't hold up probably doesn't well. hold up very well, but man, it was really you get cool. Lost. Actually, out on that one. the only thing that doesn't hold up is that there are no, you know, Palm Pilots and... Uh, here I am, Palm Pilot. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> From 1990. You really still iPhones or laptops or anything. But I think it would be even better like that. Because it's just like, you know, all of a sudden all your iPhone will show you is like death and dismemberment videos from fucking Shanghai or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they could only be better updated. Yeah. It was a great movie with a green goblin on the front of the one semi-truck. That's what yes. we saw on the poster. Yes. So, Stephen King, I really quickly, I guess, there, like I said, a lot of people, like you were saying with the girls, most people don't even know that he did a lot of things because they don't advertise. They advertise his name on it when it's a horror movie. To emphasize how scary it is. Right, whenever it's something a lot of people like Green Mile. I mean, yeah, like Green Mile is one of those. Uh, Green Mile, Shawshank, Stand By Me. All those ones are ones that just, they don't fit with what people think about with Stephen King, so they just don't mention it. That There's a book, uh, it's called Different Seasons. That's the one that Great actually book. has four mini novellas. And three of them were adapted into movies. The other one, Stand By Me and Shawshank were in that. But the other one was uh, Apt Pupil. Which Great. Apt Pupil is actually a pretty decent movie. It's directed by and Brian he actually, Singer. later on, I think, released a larger, more expanded version of that short story. He may have. With, with, or maybe that short story was just with that Gandalf big. Gandalf and, yeah. and Huck. Ian McKellen, yes. <laughs> yeah, Gandalf was totally in it. Magneto <laughs> yeah. is the guy. And uh, Brian Singer directed it. And Singer Brian Singer. Singer. Suspects. Brad, 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 Brad Refno or something like that, I think. Well, the, kid, the guy, kid who played Huck. That was the kid's name. Oh. oh. So, yeah, he was, he's kind of big there for a he's while in the night. I mean, is he? Yeah. From what? I, I, I don't he know. what? He's, he's dead. dead. He's dead now. The kid from App People. Remember, he was in the Really? Cure? He kind of looked like a... He what? Remember that movie? Me and Jordan are the only ones who remember this movie, so I looked at Jordan for this. Uh, the Cure? The kid from Jurassic Park? No, the other one. That was with him, his friend. Oh, shit. I don't that remember kid's the other dead. Kid. Oh. Man. The kid, the kid from he kind of looked like Park James Vanderbeek. Went on to be in the Pacific. I thought that was... He was Eugene in the Pacific. As a matter of fact, I thought James Vanderbeek was the guy in that movie, but he's a, he's a similar haircut from Dawson's Creek. His name was like Brad Refno? Refno, or Renfro. Renfro? And he's also, Renfro. wasn't he, Brad was he, Renfro. he was the kid of the client, I think it was, with Susan Sarandon, where it was like a kid who murdered, the Grisham saw a murder, yes, yeah. I think it's. I mean, that kid was in a lot of stuff. That's crazy that he's dead. Man, Act People. If you guys don't get, haven't had a chance, that was actually great a pretty movie. Decent great movie. story. It's a great. It's even, I like the way the book is even better. The way it ends with him on the. You know. Well, I, I like that. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Different seasons. Just check out that book. I mean, you know, re, and the original story, of course, for Shawshank was called. Actually, I would recommend any of Stephen King's uh, his short story books. Night Shift, Different Every, Seasons, Four Past Midnight. Wasn't that like that too? Maybe I think that may have been. Everything's or Eventual a, had a few from it. 1408 came from Everything's Eventual. Yeah, I like his little uh, anthology book. Real quick, I'll talk about the TV the TV adaptations, because there are a lot of those. Like man. the miniseries of, of them, yeah, Hey, I have a Salem's Lot, the first one, was a TV movie, yeah. but so scary. 
Yeah. And I realize now that going back and watching it, it's a little dated, and you, you kind of get that, like, they were drawing some things out for TV. But as a kid, scared me to yeah. death. When the guy from Any Which Way You Can with Clint Eastwood, who played his, like, dopey mechanic brother, is, like, the grave digger, and he hears something as he's shoveling the dirt in after the funeral's done, he hears somebody, and he, he opens it, and, ah! That, as a kid, that stuck with me like it. Another Stephen yeah. King. That's the one I think that probably, as far as this TV show stuff, I think that's probably the one that stuck with us the most, especially growing Everybody. up. Everybody. that came out when we were like around, I don't know, 11, 12. Like. The, 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 the scene of him well, peeking, out like of the, <laughs> peeking out of the drain thing and just... Come down here and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know, that's Nigel Thornberry. It's Tim Curry. Here. Tim Curry. Yes, he's amazing. Nigel Thornberry and Frankenfurter yeah. from, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. But Nigel Thornberry from the, the children's TV show from, plays from Pennywise. And it's great. But when they start, like, I know this is weird, but I'm a weird guy. When they're looking at the clippings of like the old things from like the early 1900s or yeah. 1800s, and they have the Pennywise clip, that's what really freaked me out for some reason. That I was like, he's been around forever. He's this thing that yeah. keeps coming back. Well, yeah, the book and, really. Uh, yeah, the book somewhere. goes a lot more into the uh, as a children and all the the different uh, the, the development of it, whatever. Yeah, but the man, the movie, ugh, so many say. visual things like the balloons floating in the library that explode because they're full of blood and it splatters. They're like crazy. Just something about. I think Tim Curry in that part, of course, amazing. That he gets like he starts, he's like, they all float down here, and he's like, and you float too. Yeah, he has <laughs> a, that movie where he turns with all of them. And he just goes and scares the shit out of all and of these the, kids, one at a time. And when, he, when the spider thing comes out of the shower drain, yeah. Well, was I, mean, I was, I was, you know, I wasn't. I should, I should have been too old to believe it when that came out. You know, I was thirteen, whatever. But man, I mean, I was like. The shower drain. Like I don't even think about that. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm yeah, blood. Blood. bathroom sink. Coming out. Yeah, just blood. Just blood squirting yeah. out. Yeah. No, I will say with this. And didn't they show like the spider leg things coming out of the shower drain? Is that something I, I invented in my mind? That was described in the book, possibly. Well, yeah, all I know yeah, is it's it in, in my head book. as being something yeah. I saw, so it's scared <laughs> the Yeah, that part was in the book. It, it started as a spider, and then like uh, she went to peek down the drain, and then the blood squirted up. Yeah. I would say with it though, it's just it like the uh, all the parts with them as kids were amazing. Yeah, the kids the part was the best, was and then once it's weak. yeah, it switched to the the parents part or the grown ups part, and they're just like, oh yeah, these people got problems now, and uh, it's not really as interesting, nor is like. It should be as scary as it should yeah, be. Yeah, it lost something, yeah, yeah for sure. Like, it's And like, maybe it's because I was a kid when I was watching it, and I related more to the kids. Yeah, right. But it definitely lost one. Oh, there's weird it's, shit in the book, too, though. Wasn't it like, didn't oh. all the kids like run a train on the girls? <laughs> yeah, there's like, right before that fight they I had wish it wasn't in uh, the, the book, where they uh, had that little standoff with Pennywise as a kid. Because they all knew they were going to yeah, die. They th- there's like, we're going to die during this. And there's like... <laughs> I heard that you don't want to die a virgin. And then you all just look at the girl. And then she's just like, all right. And for the first time, she runs a goddamn train on like six kids. Like, and they're well, like 12, oh, 13. Yeah. Just fucked up. That is messed up. Like, Stephen like, King could get into some Steven? twisted shit. That <laughs> but you know what? Something about really it, though, first does thing? seem like a weird, realistic, fucked up thing that like a bunch of 12 year old kids might think you know they're like oh well it, it could. and that they would do 
stranger things have happened in real life, so I guess. But man, that was a weird thing. That was could you book. imagine if Pennywise just caught all those kids with their pants down <laughs> and just, he's like, ah! I would like to see Pennywise versus Freddy Krueger. That'd be awesome. Because those are two things that, to me, just again, like Pennywise peeking out of a gutter for some reason scared the shit out of me. Uh, the thing, the fact that he, like the moving photograph of like the 1800s or whatever, early 1900s where he was still alive. And then that Freddy Krueger, that initial, that very first movie where he's walking down the alley and he stretches his hands on and just dragging his claws along the wall coming towards you. For some reason to me, reminds me of nightmares. Being unable to move and just standing there watching this come towards you. And I mean, I don't know. It's a, and the part you of watch the, it now, it's kind of cheesy room, looking. Yeah. You can tell it's like, Extended spring thing, whatever the fuck. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's still, you know, that was an image that stuck with me as a child and scares me into my 40s. Real quick, let's go through, uh, as far as TV shows, just, I'll just name one, then just help me fill in the gaps like Tommyknockers, yeah. Langoliers. Well, see what's crazy? My kids love yeah. the Langoliers. And they, of course, they hadn't even seen it until it was already 10 years old. They love that movie and just the thought, because I mean, my kids are weird, the number one, but they're away. more, they're, they're a little more cerebral than most children. Studious types will say. Yeah. yeah. They love the Langoliers. They like the idea of the alternate reality, the fact that those things are like eating time, basically, which some of the things behind King's works are crazy. Yeah. But you know, he came out at one point and said, I wrote all this crazy shit because I was addicted to cocaine after that car wreck and blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to write anything after the last Dark Tower book. Well, that wasn't necessarily yeah. the case. I mean, you know, he went on to do whatever and basically proved that he didn't really have to be on cocaine to write this stuff. And he was drunk, too. Or he's an alcoholic, I think. I think he was alcoholic. Well, once you're addicted to cocaine, you kind of use alcohol to, like, let you sleep. <laughs> maybe. I guess that could be. Not maybe. That's... I didn't know. <laughs> no, maybe, right? <laughs> I like that. The knowing shit. looking to give Sean, like, that's right, he speaks the truth. <laughs> I was uh, the Patrick Bateman. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't know why. Uh, Real quick, let's talk about uh, how Stephen King, even though it's one of the most awesome movies ever, uh, The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, Stephen King didn't like it yeah. because they changed one of the things that he felt was one of the main points of the story, which was that instead of the hedge maze, there were hedge animals around the property that followed you as you went. Other TV shows, real quick. There's yeah, like you said, the King adaptation. What about movie adaptation? Like Mi- Misery, critically well received, did great in the box office. Great movie with Kathy Bates. You're yeah. acting like you don't know what it is. I don't know. No, no, I'm with you. Right, Misery, great. You know, critically acclaimed. Are we just talking about TV movies? No, no, no. I was just wanting to try to try to. I was trying to find a way to organize it, Stay. and so I thought we'd get all the shows out of the way real quick, and then talk about movies. It's almost hard to tell because, like most people, consider Salem's Lot a Stephen King movie. It's actually a TV thing, and the sequel and maybe yeah. was like the. Return it's also a Rob Lowe movie. Uh, they remade it. TV they remade it. Like the Did stand. Did you see the one with Rob Lowe? Gary Sinise uh, series. Bits and pieces. Okay. Yeah, and they remade it. Uh, David Soul was the original. The guy that starred in the movie or whatever. Yeah, and they also remade uh, The Stand. They made that twice, I think, too, right? Uh, they made The Stand into a miniseries, which I think The Stand also may be one of his, maybe the. It may be up there as far as the best because it might be one of his like, best books. I really like the miniseries. The only thing is that it falls apart in the end, and um, and the sand in general, the second half isn't as good as the first half as far as the book. But the end, uh, the end of the show. Everybody wants to see the rapture. Nobody wants to go to hell. With the, with the CGI, it's pretty. <laughs> Pretty god awful. Well, CGI was in its and it was a yeah, I was like in its infancy when that came out. I but mean, I'm just trying to think. Uh, I want to name off some of the other shows just so we can cover them because uh, just to get them out there. 
Are there some, Jordan, do you have any? Because I know you got a list you could maybe help. Uh, there's another TV ad- adaptation, uh, Rose Red. Rose oh, that's Red. what I was going to bring up, uh, too. It came out. Uh, it was a pretty good. Was Kingdom kind of Hospital a Kingdom Stephen Hospital, King? That yeah. one was great. I really liked that Nightmares one. and Dreamscapes. Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Me and Jordan were talking about this. There's yeah. one episode in there. I don't know if you guys have seen any of it. But there's one episode where I think it was William Hurt, maybe. Oh I'm my not God, too sure the, the William Hurt. But uh, little tiny army Hurt, soldiers yeah, come to life and start attacking him. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's yeah, all it's about those little, little little army, army soldiers. <laughs> the guys that have like the machine guns and like the awesome bazookas. That's actually from uh, Night Shift, I think, which is a book they wrote uh, way back in like the early eighties. No, it is. Uh, where a guy is uh, trapped. He, I think it's called. Oh, I'm blanking here. But well, he gets attacked by little army men, basically. Look up the adaptation of that episode. The Nightmares and Dreamscapes may be on Netflix. Uh, but uh, really? I don't think it is. No, but that episode was just. Well, I have the internet. I'm yeah. sure. I can <laughs> well, that episode is. Amazing. Also, I just wanted to mention while I'm thinking about it that last week I talked about a movie called Remo Williams: The Adventure Begins. It's on YouTube in its entirety, and it's a great version. Please watch it before next week. So we can all. Really? I watch all your fucking yeah. primer. <laughs> Everything you guys. Now I gotta watch. And actually, it. Dead Girl, I liked. Uh, it was a little disturbing. <laughs> it got a little disturbing at yeah, parts, but I liked the base. I liked the uh, like you said the zombie premise of it. How they found her, how it ended, was all good. The middle part is what I was kind of like. Ugh. Yeah, well, it just kind of ran into. <laughs> like you said, not for the weak parts. Yeah, not for the faint of heart. Definitely. All right, so uh, some other Kingdom Hospital. Have you guys have you seen that, Andy? I've not. I actually don't know. What Kingdom, Kingdom Hospital has actually been uh, fans have loved it. It oh just hasn't God. had a lot of uh, promotion or anything. Like nobody really knew anything about it. It was really cool, and it's got the guy from. Uh, he's in all those '80s movies, and then he kind of dropped off the planet because I guess he was an alcoholic. And then all of a sudden he was in the show. And he Tom was really Sizemore? Good. No, uh, he was, uh, he's been in a few things, but I think he was in The Sixteen Candles. I'm not, I'm Sp- <sighs> James Spader. No, but he's a good actor. Uh, he's also the guy from Mannequin. For a movie called? Andrew McCarthy. Stargate. Yes, Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> Why didn't you say so? Why didn't I didn't realize you were I didn't know, I didn't realize you were talking about one of the main characters in Less Than Zero. I thought you were talking about... I thought you would have just said Andrew McCarthy, the guy Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, but yeah, Weekend at Bernie's. What? Weekend at Bernie's a mannequin. That's all you really (laughs) Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. That's what you meant to say when you said Sixteen Candles. You meant Pretty in Pink because he's the guy that she's all about. He's got the Ed James Spader's his asshole friend. The guy from Two and a Half Men is his her dorky friend Ducky or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, John Cryer hides out. Yeah, I just the only scene I so remember from that movie is him singing in the. But the girl uh, from Hello, Larry's in it. Andrew McCarthy, the only movie of his. I'm trying to be very Dennis Miller about all this stuff because nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> but that's not getting edited out. <laughs> Tough Turf with James Spader also has the girl from Hello, Larry. Next week I'll have their names. Yeah, and Crash with James Spader. That's a good one too. Is he in that? <laughs> Crash. I think so. You're thinking of Matt Dillon. No, no, Crash from no, you're the thinking uh, of Wild Thing. No, no. Crash Crash from the early early (laughs) to mid nineties was where they got off on crashing cars. So really bizarre. I, mean, I see that, but he's also in the later version of The Office, like season whatever. Yeah, yeah, season eight. Oh, it was. Um, it was directed by this guy who does weird fucking movies. You there was some know. movie I'm trying to remember. No, there's. A, he did a movie called Spider, which was really good. Oh, and he directed that movie Videodrome. 
fucking video drones. Video drones. Please excuse all the weird side recommendations we're making today. Video drones. And it's on Netflix. Holy shit. Of course it is. It probably cost them 15 bucks to get it on there. It's such an awesome, weird movie. Uh, For the price of a beta tape, you could buy the rights to that movie. So, all right, we got to come on, Stephen King. What are some other TV shows we were uh, leaving out? We got to get through uh, these There TV is shows. just the upcoming one, uh, Under the Dome. Yeah, I'm super excited which about is, that. Uh, supposed to be coming out on cable. That's of course, one everyone. That's, that's based on the Simpsons movie. Everyone said, yeah. <laughs> but apparently, supposedly, he had the idea of stuff way before. It's just the novel did not finish, it, it was not actually published until after the movie was came out so everyone's just like oh the fucking the simpsons but yeah i don't know it's supposed to be a great book and it is being written i believe by brian k vaughn screenplay the screen i like brian vaughn yeah so with him behind it there's hope it was originally going to be on showtime but i think it's getting moved to nbc or something so that's going to take away a little bit but it could still be good. So cross your fingers and then well, that was the only, that was it for tv shows we covered everything else i guess we might have missed um, some because I mean, a ton of his stuff got made into USA oh, and TNT a movies. Desperation, I think, was a made-for-TV movie. I that one had. I didn't have that. That one had. Uh, I'm, Ron Perlman. I'm so tired. I mean, like, I'm just can't, all I got is Ron Perlman. Person. Yeah, Ron Perlman. <laughs> it's okay to refer to people as their main. <laughs> Clay Morrow. <laughs> Clay Morrow. It was a yeah. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, that's the shit. And they've remade that now with the chick from Smallville. You guys know who wrote Beauty and the Beast, though, right? Joss Whedon. Mm-mm. No. George Martin. George R.R. Really? Wrote <laughs> for Beauty and now, the Beast. And like came up with Just a, as well, so I think, was he calling himself George R.R. Martin then? Back then? I think so. Or was he just George Martin? I think it was George R.R. Really? Martin. He didn't adopt the R.R. when he started writing Game of Thrones? I don't think so. But I could be wrong. I'll have to look. I didn't look at the credits. But Beauty and the, that Beauty and the Beast show is on Netflix. It is? Yeah. Linda Hamilton, too. <laughs> yeah. And her twin sister, I'm pretty sure, is a part of a couple of those episodes. Yeah. He was George R.R. Martin for his short story, Sand Kings, which if you haven't read, I do recommend. Well, you know that uh, revisionally they change the names because now that guy's popular as George R.R. R. Martin. Well, look, I don't know. Like the Stephen King books. What was that guy? Richard Bachman? Cool. Yes, he had a couple of... Like that. Was Richard Bachman. You know, for a long time it was just Richard Bachman, but when Stephen King became huge, all of a sudden now you can buy the Stephen King Richard Bachman book. I want to say that there may be a third pseudonym he came up with. So George R.R. R. Martin? No, no, Stephen no. Stephen King. Because I know Richard Bachman, but I feel You mean like J.K. Some... Rowling? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That was just some chick that used to drive a car for us. <laughs> Nonetheless, though, right. so I do recommend it. He's like, here's a throwaway story I had when it's I wasn't finding coke. Is it a sci-fi one? Because yeah. I knew he wrote yeah. science fiction as well. It was well, like so. a science sci-fi masterpiece. Like a little... Collection. Oh, masterpiece, huh? <laughs> it's, what the, it's what the collection was called. That's what... Who it wrote it? Martin? No, it was like an yeah. anthology of like... Sci-fi, sci-fi stuff. And his story is in there, the same. And it's called George R.R. R. Martin's Masterpiece. No, it, it, the whole, it's like <laughs> sci-fi masterpiece. Sci-fi masterpiece, but they're all his stories. No, no, no. no, no. It's an anthology. Oh, he's oh. part of, uh, okay. He, his is one of okay. many. So I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I want to find these things. I'm not yeah, trying to be able to understand better. <laughs> I know it's hard to tell. You talking like you said you were going to. I know, it's hard to tell because I'm often very... Well, um, Very loud. Combative. Let me see. Let's get 
some of these other I'm movies. I'm fighting you, man. <laughs> I don't That's know right. You'll just lay there and get pummeled. <laughs> All right. Oh. Movies. <laughs> movies. We need video. Fucking Stephen King movies. Misery. Cujo. One of the best. Was Dolores Claiborne a sequel to Misery? Or did it just have her in it and was about a similar thing? Yeah, it's, you know, he probably wrote it with, I, I don't know. Okay. I feel like it, it was very... Reminiscent. Oh, the same thing. Even the house is described very similarly in those two books, and the oh. setup of the house. I mean, I mean, but that was all. I mean, most of his books take place in Maine too. Yeah, all and right. I don't know if you've ever spent a lot of time in Maine or know what Maine is like, but Maine has one of the longest coastlines of any state. But all the population is on the outside of that state. The entire center of Maine is untamed fucking forest. <laughs> it's not a joke. Yeah. survivalists are dying to buy 40, you know, get potable water and onto 40 acres in there because it literally is, there is nothing. It's just a giant forest and hills and shit and rocky stuff. Like, it's, it's awesome. It's so still wilderness. It's so still wilderness. I'm picturing the woods and Harry Potter. <laughs> we should just, like, send uh, SEAL Team 6 the in there. Uh, there are no it's giant like spiders and there's no Hagrid <laughs> to protect you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh. with a lot of Stephen King stuff being East Coast stuff, uh, makes me think of H.P. Lovecraft, the, like the whole Cthulhu thing, and oh, in the mouth of madness. Yeah, John Carpenter. Yeah, that was good. Was yeah. that derivative of Lovecraft? I think it had a very had that feel to it. Yeah. Of uh, the whole, like, there's another world just waiting to fuck, you know, just waiting oh, as just, soon as for the opportunity to come well, in. And perception of reality. It was really like, cool. We talked about oh, that. Oh, um, by the way, you know, know when you like perception of reality and how the reality is what the majority of the people perceive it to be. Castle Rock Entertainment yeah. is, I mean, Huge. that's, yeah, Huge. Castle Rock is where a lot of Stephen King's play, uh, stories take place, and that's all, like, Well, that started out as his production company, and it became something different, right? Like, now it's not even, I don't even know if he's involved there, but they made a bunch of movies that didn't have anything to do with Stephen King. Well, well, Shawshank, I know, was under Castle Rock Entertainment, and I think, oh, by the way, TV shows, there is one really cool one that we left out. Storm of the Century was really good, I thought. I liked I it. That. Did you see that one? Storm of the Century is actually pretty good if you get a chance to see it. I like it. about the most exciting thing I would expect to see on the Weather Channel. <laughs> It was pretty good. I just don't, you know. There was. She, I won't there, get, It wasn't just about a storm. There was like a d- supernatural, like a Satan came to fucking town. I'll fly in space before I get in a boat that's in the middle of an ocean. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Much. <laughs> yeah. I've read history. Yeah. We're not that smart yet. I don't get why we spend money to go into space when we haven't delved into the deepest parts of the ocean hey, yet. James, why is this tech going to that? James Our Cameron planet. has it covered. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Cameron is totally <laughs> whacking off the mermaid funny, videos dude. to do anything of any import. I mean, he, he went yeah, down there. He's deeper than yeah, he He fought Randy Newman at the oh, bottom gee. of the ocean. <laughs> Alright, so I think that's it for the show. Shows, movie stuff. We covered the best. We didn't talk about any of the movies, really. That's what I'm saying. No, I covered the TV shows, movies. Best ones we've covered as far as like Green Mile, Shawshank. Pet Cemetery has a lot of it's a guilty pleasure. Has a lot of good things, but yeah, it's a guilty pleasure. Hey, when you're talking about Stephen King's horror movies, you're talking about Stephen King, what he's known for. Horror, being a horror writer, that Pet Cemetery has to be up there. That's oh, a yeah. movie that everybody, that kid at the end, <laughs> giggling around and cutting his Achilles oh, tendon yeah. and shit. Stuck with me as a kid. Gage. It's still pretty creepy. Creepy. Christine. I know you guys, that's all dated and shit, but it's about a guy who buys an old car. The car has a soul and it. gets jealous of him, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Uh, I was like, 
Uh, well, and of course, Fox best horror thing is probably Shining. Or Carrie is really good. Like if you can throw the mist in there, maybe. Oh, I'm uh, such a huge fan of the mist. Uh, I, I really do. I like the way their choices of that movie and not really showing because it's the mist. Yes. You know, until the very end, you don't really see it, and it's just the big mantis thing. But you see all the weird different types of creatures just parts. in flashes. Yes, yeah. I think it's way more effective like that. It reminds me of like an old Universal horror movie where. It was more about what was going on or whatever, yes, and not about people. Yeah, the, the monster is almost superfluous at the end. Yeah, you know? and of course, it had the most amazing yeah. ending. Fucked up uh, ending. Uh, right? Kill us all because we're not going to survive. Pop, pop, pop. Hey, we're here to save you. <laughs> Holy shit, what were you five minutes ago? Well, we're fighting these giant mantis things. You see it, it's right there, right? And we got oh, these flamethrowers, so. The mist of great. Great Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, that's probably the most horrifying, just because the ending is so depressing. Like, it stuck with me for a couple days after this matter. I can't believe they did that. The Dark Half with Timothy Hutton was pretty good. I read the book, and obviously, like a lot of Stephen King's, I mean, he's so over-the-top descriptive about some things in his books, which is totally the cocaine. I mean, you can see it. (laughs) Well, I mean, he'll spend... Uh, Which one's talking about the little kid? He'll spend spend a page and a half talking, uh, describing a room, and then half a page describing the background of the person that's involved that's in the rest of the story. You know what I mean? Like, overly descriptive kind of stuff, but man, good. Needful Things was another good adaptation. That's the one I was thinking with Castle, the Castle. Needful Things, I bet. Very good. And actually, the main character reminds me a lot of Rick in The Walking Dead. That sheriff kind of character with the leather jacket kind of independent, you know, guy. I don't know. They talk a lot about that, or if they show a lot of that in the movie. I don't remember as well, but the movie for Needful Things. That's the one, though. Yeah, they open the shop needful things in town max von sider very, very cool oh it's good yeah. everybody gets exactly what they want yeah right kiss <laughs> your soul it's really good andy what are some you dropped some of these movies and anything that's that we haven't mentioned yet stay away from dream catcher yeah dream catcher <laughs> morgan freeman's in that isn't he so is jason also Lee. they yeah, sometimes tom come Stane. back or whatever yeah tom jane didn't they make a movie out of that? They what? sometimes come back. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, like, I like that. I liked it. I, I liked watched that. it. I watched it, it as a that. kid though. I haven't seen it. Right. I think it was sometimes they come back. It's on Netflix again. That's a Stephen King. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen King though, right? Yeah. I, mean, I know the yes. original. No, it was the first one. Was. What about the Running Man? I didn't even know about Arnold that. Actually, the Running Man is a great movie. Yeah. And if you look at it in that whole like futuristic kind of like media driven tech based society where Hunger Games. Yeah, sort of, <laughs> pretty much. Well, I mean, the Hunger Games is totally different. You think prisoners. about the social implications of how it's yeah. The, yeah, basically that whole media-driven like a fight to the death people. kind of thing. Yeah. Good. And again, I'm old enough to have seen that in the theater and been like, wow, like that was actually... And again, though, man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes like from the Batman oh, movie, man. one of them comes from, he fought the guy named Sub-Zero. Yeah. Who, right? You know what I'm talking about? He looked like a Trojan man with a chrome yeah. outfit that had like... Out. <laughs> was a lot of his stuff was basically a, a that guy. He was he was, in the Batman movie, he was doing that guy doing Sub-Zero <laughs> as opposed to him doing Mr. Freeze. Yeah, it was, it was good. Cat's Eye I always liked. I liked that too. And, and I, uh, I watched Show 2, most, uh, a couple of the stories are written by uh, Stephen King. He stars King. in one of them. And, yeah, and Cat's Eye, great. I, I really like that a lot. I like anthologies, though. And going yeah. way back, I'll make a recommendation that if you can find it, and uh, tangentially, Karen Black, the star of this movie, called Trilogy of Terror, which is an anthology with three different stories. The last one being called The Prey, which is 
famously fucking horrifically scary. It scarred me as a child. <laughs> about the little Zuni fetish warrior doll that comes to life in her apartment and hunts her in her apartment. Like a 13-inch little African thing that's like, don't let the, the chain contains the spirit of a blah, 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 that thing comes up. But Karen Black right now is battling cancer and went online via kind of a Kickstarter type thing and has raised an ungodly amount of money through her fans. She was also in Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson. If you haven't seen it, and you guys, I know you're all, you all at least respect Nicholson as an yeah. actor, watch Five Easy Pieces. It's a great Nicholson movie, Sounds Five cool. Easy Pieces. It doesn't have anything to do Sorry, with I got off on that for the anthology tangent because she was in Trilogy of Terror, which all three little vignettes or whatever you want to call them are very good but the third one called Prey look at it it's probably on YouTube they probably even made a sequel it's the kind of thing that at 25 years old I would think about this thing and get up in the second story of the farmhouse where I live turn all the lights look by the doors because this thing scared me on such a primal level as a child that it's still I have it on VHS uh, if we could find a VHS player but <laughs> Yeah. We live in the 21st century, all, so that's kind of like finding a 15-year-old version. One of the really, really good movie adaptations, I thought, for Stephen King, as far as the scary ones, 1408 turned out to be much better. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it was good. I have to admit, I haven't seen it. I know that I, I've heard good things. Oh, yeah. Cusack. And I didn't know he did uh, Secret Window. The, the yeah. Johnny oh, Cusack. Secret yeah. Window was actually pretty good. I didn't we like had. it the first time I saw it. Watched it more times. <clears throat> Liked yeah. it more the more the more. We've established that sometimes you need multiple sometimes viewings. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I, my, gut ins, yeah. my gut reaction. Sean needs like, multiple viewings. Fred loves things for twenty seconds of a two-hour movie, <laughs> <laughs> and Andy thinks uh, romance is cool. Jordan likes zombies. <laughs> now we've established what's going on. What's next? <laughs> Children of the Corn. Uh, Children of the Corn. It's had multiple, all these, but the original is still the best, as far as I'm concerned. Had the guy from 30-something, which is some, like, tall, skinny, blonde guy with scruff, Mm -hmm. with the, you know, the reddish blonde scruff. And the the kid, you know, Malachi, the red-headed kid, was so goofy looking or whatever, and that's... He wants you to, Malachi. (laughs) So good. So good. Uh, Silver Bullet was when we talked Silver about. Silver Bullet. Bullet. Uh, and that movie is so dated, you know. It's got Busey before the motorcycle wreck that supposedly made him goofy, even though he's kind of goofy still. Even he, that. he was an alcoholic in the movie, which fit him perfectly. <laughs> Great movie, though. Even though the special effects are a little dated or whatever. On Netflix. Corey Haim did, recently departed. God bless his soul, whatever, is in that. I don't know who the chick that plays his sister, but man, the guy that plays the priest slash werewolf. Spoiler. Sorry for the lateness. Uh, So good. So good in both parts. So good in both parts. When he's up there preaching to the congregation, so believable as a small town preacher, and then as the badass guy that's just like, there's details within the movie that give it away. I'll check it out. Probably all right. What's <laughs> the one that, and what's no, the one that that's not all right. Oh, Sleepwalkers? Sleepwalkers? <laughs> oh, oh I saw parts of that one. That's a terrible one. Misery. Part. I don't know if you talked about misery that. Yeah, yeah, Misery was really every, really well received and awesome. Everybody loved it. Yeah, fucking won Oscars. And, or at least she won one, I think, for that movie. we got to be forgetting yeah, a crap lot of Stephen King movies. Oh, yeah, I'm just... Man, I'm but how, I mean, how excited are all of us, even those of us that haven't read the books? The Dark Tower thing, if they make that, is going to be great. Yeah, it will be. There's not really a lot of ways to fuck that up. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but you'd have to be silly to really mess that up. You'd have to put Mila Kunis and Jock Duhamel in it or something. 
to really make that bad. There's mo- so much more Stephen King. I feel like I'm not doing service to it. Like I think we should maybe. Well, I mean, really, that's it for the Stephen King. We've got a lot of stuff that we couldn't, weren't able to cover. But obviously, he's written an exorbitant amount of books that most of us haven't read. Some of his stuff we might have skipped over. But I feel like it's a good stopping point. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this week's episode of CIA. CIA over now. CIA over now. CIA over now. CIA over now.